Today's episode of Jimmy Podcast Roll may contain explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, today uh, is a very special episode. It's a very special milestone for Jimmy Podcast World. Uh, today is episode number 30. Overall, episode number 30. You'll see them numbered differently um, on the um, when you're listening to the podcast. But it is uh, overall episode number 30. Uh, it is a huge milestone for myself. Uh, really quick, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has listened to a single episode, a couple episodes, all the episodes. Uh, if you've liked, subscribed, you've shared, you've reposted, you've done all of that. Uh, some of you have hats, stickers, shirts. Um, I want to go ahead and thank you for that. Um, we are coming to a bit of a halt here, uh, meaning um, it's not the end of a season. I don't believe in seasons for podcasts. I just believe in doing the podcast. And um, we're going to go ahead and come a bit to a halt. We're going to do a little bit of revamping. Uh, uh, I don't know, a little bit of revamping, maybe a huge overhaul. We're actually going to be splitting the podcast. Uh, sports and MMA, it's going to have its own separate podcast. Uh, conversations like the one today, like the DACA ones coming to America's, uh, the immigration stuff, uh, the unschoolings, those type of podcasts are more, uh, I guess, if you will, serious conversations. will have their own podcast. Currently working on possibly co-hosting a podcast, so that'll be a third different podcast. And I'm looking for a place to put them on one platform under one roof, so that might take a little bit to get that done. Uh, looking to revamp the website. Um, I'm looking to uh, work on creative ideas for short stories, comedy skits, and so on for all my other social media platforms, including YouTube. Um, so look out for all of that. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, your words of encouragement, your feedback. A lot of you have given me feedback and it's been taken um, and it's being implemented. So letting you know that I am listening to what's being said. Um to me so thank you for that uh thank you for everything you guys continue to do um on to 30 ep more episodes 30 more episodes after that going to 100 and past 100 um no end in sight for me uh this has been fun uh this has been very therapeutic it has been a learning experience both learning about myself and learning about others and having um conversations be organic topics to breathe freely uh is what i want to promote at the end of the day, regardless of which one of the potential three podcasts that I'll be doing. Speaking of which, today's topic, it might be a little bit difficult. And uh, I am feel like I am putting myself out there a little bit, given today's uh, current climate and reactions to things like this. I must say I'm not a Trump supporter, but I um, am one that, that I'm, not, I'm not an extremist. I don't go to the extreme one side or the other. I really think like I'm a dude just a dude caught in the middle. Uh, and um, I like to listen to both sides. Um, I put out a Facebook post asking uh, anyone that was a Trump supporter to come forward uh, and talk to me privately via uh, DM through through uh, Messenger or through a text of some kind. Uh, no one came forward except for one person. Uh, out of all the people I know, uh, there was only one that came forward. And I appreciate him. I respect him for that. I'm glad it was him. Uh, he's probably as reasonable as it gets. Um, he does go into reasons as to why. Um, there's no argument on my end, really no rebuttal on my end when we're talking. Um, I'm just asking questions and I'm listening to see what uh, he has to say and why he voted for Trump and why he's going to go for his reelection. Uh, nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today's guest on the program is Wes. I invite you to have an open mind. Uh, I invite you to have conversation. Please give me uh, your thoughts on this. Uh, please message me if you have one of my social media accounts. Please email me, uh, jpw 
at jimmypodcastworld.com, uh, jimmypodcastworld at gmo.com. Uh, if you want to just talk uh, and give me your thoughts on today's podcast, or if you want to, uh, what do you call it, Um, even come on the podcast and give me your side as to what you feel uh, is, is, um, is the right thing. So anyways, without further ado, this is Wes on the 30th episode of Jimmy Podcast World talking about why he voted for Trump. Give me sports. Give me tacos. Give me the world. The Jimmy Podcast World. I, I was uh, in kind of introducing you before uh, before you got on. Uh, I, I mentioned that one of the things that. Um, that caused this conversation today was a, a Facebook post that I had posted um, uh, saying that if there's anyone out there that is willing to talk um, that has voted for Trump uh, in, in, you know, in the first election and is, is planning on voting for him in re-election, like, I'd like to talk to you and I'd like to have a, just a conversation. Um, and I wanted that to be on a DM or if you knew me personally in a text message. Um, and I want to do that for several reasons. One, <laughs> to pretty much protect whoever is going to reach out to me because um, had this been a Facebook post and Facebook commenting like, oh, I, I, I voted for him and I'm voting for him again, uh, then kind of it just be like people trying to derail that conversation. Um, I really feel like, uh, number one, society as a whole and just like social media in general are, are very toxic places at the moment for just dialogue and conversation and understanding and accepting of differences and um, I wanted to have this privately uh, so we ended up having a quick chat through text and then a quick uh, a, a, a phone call that lasted quite a while and one of the things I don't know if I mentioned in the post or I don't know if I mentioned in in text or in uh, or or in our phone conversation last time um, that you know um one of the things that I'm not and one of the things that this show isn't is not an expert, uh, an expert type show. So it's not like my expertise. I'm not political in any way. I actually don't have a political affiliation. Um, I like to be informed and then make decisions that way. Um, but um, you were uh, kind enough to reach out. Um, I'm glad you did. And we had a great conversation. Um, you were able to share some of your thoughts and reasonings as to why you have voted for Trump, some of your concerns as well. And um, I definitely appreciated that. Um, and I definitely appreciate you being here today. Um, and I just want to welcome Wes to the program. I appreciate it, man. Um, so one of the things that um, that I played are... Th You're putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane. I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other and they came at each other with clubs and it was vicious and it was horrible and it was a horrible thing to watch. But there is another side. There was a group on this side, you can call them the left, you've just called them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. So you can say what you want, but that's the way it is. <laughs> I do think there's blame. Yes, I think there's blame on both sides. You look at you look at both sides. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it. And you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 
And if you reported it accurately, you would say. They showed up in Charlottesville to protest. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, are we going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis um, and white nationalists, okay? There was a mention there of um, uh, condemning them, uh, which is something that I think that I wasn't aware he had done. I felt like he had still um, not condemned them, and he has. That is something that Wes uh, pointed out as well, that he had. I told him, why not just come out and say it? And uh, he, he sent me this clip, and, and he did. Uh, if this is a fabricated clip whatsoever, uh, please let me know. Again, um, I would invite anyone after listening to this to come on. Um, I would love to hear different sides to all of this. And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits, and with the helmets and with the baseball bats, you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Well, unfairly, sir. I'm sorry. I just understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly. No. I just understand what you were saying. No. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, there were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day, it looked like they had some rough, bad people, neo-Nazis, uh, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest and very legally protest because, you know, I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides to the country. Does anybody have a final? Does anybody have, you have an infrastructure. And then what did you say? Well, uh, I said that the media had actually taken that out of context and essentially completely lied and twist, twisted it to suit their narrative. Yeah, and so, you had mentioned that there was an audio uh, that I should take a look at. You should. You said that there was an extended clip that everything I had seen, based off of what I had told you, was was edited or was shortened, um, and was not the full, honest video of Trump saying what he had said. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, the the, the context. Sorry, I misspoke in Charlottesville, Virginia. But um, yeah, the the context had been that um, 
activist groups had been seeking to tear down or remove Confederate statues. This was, I believe, 2017. Mm-hmm. And I, at a certain point, a far-right group consisting of neo-Nazis, white supremacists, all of the people you listed eventually showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the problem was, was that Trump never said there were good white supremacists. That had never come out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the media had specifically cut the press conference that he gave after the fact. Of course, there was that one lady that got murdered by the actual white supremacist mm-hmm. during the riot. But and so they ran with that that Trump, uh, because they had been um, essentially trying to label Trump a white supremacist since the beginning of his presidency, mm-hmm. that uh, he was saying that they were essentially good white supremacists. Uh, the, the problem was, was that um, they completely lied and took it out of context. He, he said that there were good people on both sides. And then about two seconds later, says that I am explicitly not talking about the white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Because the fact was that there were local citizens that had been there the day before and a, uh, possibly the day of the major riot that had just been concerned about removing historical statues, period, and had no direct affiliation with actual white supremacists that showed up for the main day of the rally. And so um, it was a kind of classic example of how uh, the media often spins and and completely lies in order to smear Trump. So, I mean, I think we, we talked about last time too, that the problem was, you know, the idea that Trump is a white supremacist or a white uh, supremacist uh, sympathizer at all. Um, I mean, if you just dig a little into that, you'd see basically what an asinine idea that is. One of the things that I that um that I hope that this podcast is is a place where um people could come together. Uh, um, conversation can be organic and um, there's no topic left off the table that everything is done to have a conversation to um, understand uh, differences and, 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 and come to an agreement on some things. And uh, one of the things that um, that I don't like is uh, I don't know if you've heard there's a song out there and it goes something uh, like uh, Donald Trump is a white supremacist if you vote for him you're a white supremacist or something like that and um, I I don't like that because it says it's obviously sending the wrong message um, it's, it's sending a message that is basically saying um, if you vote for this guy you're a white supremacist. And, right. And, and to me, that is a very dangerous statement uh, just because you're generalizing a lot of people out there that, that vote for him for general concerns, whether it's health care, the economy, uh, their families, uh, right. their jobs. Um, um, I, I, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm not a voter of his, but I also understand that there are people that 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 do vote for him, 
that that are now classified as a white supremacist because for the single fact of voting for him and forgetting that forgetting the fact that there's that there's uh you know um all types of different people that vote for him it's not just white people um, right and and to me when when i hear that i'm like we're not we're not we're doing the we're doing the opposite thing uh we're doing the opposite thing in, in terms of like wanting to understand and wanting to have uh point out um any any flaws or any anything wrong about Donald Trump what we're doing is uh what we're doing is is um is not just categorizing uh, an entire group of people that have voted for him and going like they're white supremacists and that's one of the things we're like um that I don't like um that I don't like that we've we've come to this level of like you're either you're either here or there you cannot be in the middle you can't agree on that over there at all. Like that—that that is the level that I think we've gotten to in this country. Where, um, if 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 you don't like the Giants, unfriend me. You know, it's kind of like it, we no longer can have differences. We have to now. Uh, the other side is is the the evil empire, and we cannot associate with that at all. Right. Well, I mean, and like for me personally, let's take a step back. You know, I grew up in California. Um, you know, I've been around people of all kinds of different political views for a long time, mostly that are not my own. I'm a pretty conservative guy. Um, you know, I, I have a Mexican, I'm a white guy. I have a Mexican wife. So, you know, I have, you know, half breed children, you know, so, so to put it. So, um, you know, I've served in the military. I've served with people of all races and backgrounds. Um, you know, I still do um for my job as a contractor so you know the idea that um trump is a white supremacist or that uh, he supports this kind of thing you know it, it, if i had believed that i would be supporting someone that would think of or that would hurt my own family mm -hmm. right because white supremacists definitely do not like uh you know white people marrying non-white people uh they definitely do not like hispanics they don't like blacks they don't like jews they don't like well anybody not white so um i think the the problem is is that you, the you you have a well in this case one political party who has who has made it their goal to paint trump as a racist as a white supremacist as everything you know worse in the book and the problem with that is they have to lie about it. You know, if you take real white supremacy, real Nazi ideology, um, you know, w what is the biggest thing that they hate? What's the biggest group that they hate? Well, uh, Nazis, uh, Jews. Right, Jews. So it's, it's a little suspicious that the man that they keep claiming is a Nazi has a Jewish son-in-law. Uh, has Jewish grandchildren, uh, has constantly supported Jewish organizations in the United States, is the first president, I think, ever to want to move the U.S. embassy to the historic capital of modern and ancient Israel. Mm. You know, uh, that, that doesn't normally jive with white supremacy, right? No, not at all. So, I mean, and you, you can look at many other examples of trump working with or doing things to support non-white people 
um, I mean, I, I don't know if you watched the convention at all. I normally don't watch any of that stuff, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I saw I saw in the news that he had actually um, pardoned a African American man who was a bank robber mm-hmm. who had actually started a, a program to help inmates. Um, yeah, he 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 conver- he converted or found God in prison. Started a program to help inmates, and I think it's over like three thousand inmates. Wow. Um, that that he's helped to, you know, get jobs and move into society, and you know, one of the biggest things that usually uh, Democrats, people on the left, want to support is prison reform. Yeah. And you know that's kind of been one of Trump's big things. I know he's been working with like. Kanye and Kim Kardashian, not that they have a whole lot of say, but, mm-hmm. you know, one of the biggest things that um, they would say disproportionately hurts African-Americans is the drug crime charges. Yeah. So, and, you know, within that prison reform bill, I think it's called First Steps. Um, they've reduced drug charges that uh, have historically put blacks in jail for longer because of the types of drugs that were typically found in uh those kind of neighborhoods so he's reduced those mandatory sentences so um if you just go back look at the economy uh pre-covid uh hispanics and blacks had the lowest unemployment i believe ever recorded mm-hmm. so i mean you you can look i mean i'm i could there's probably dozens of other ones i, I can't think of off the top of my head but yeah, the, the idea that, that Trump is a white supremacist or just a pure racist, um, it, it's essentially just a media fabrication. They, they do it through, uh, you know, another example, maybe maybe you've come across it, uh, that he's called the Hispanics animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, he didn't actually call Hispanic animals. You know who he called animals? Who? MS-13 gang members who raped and dismembered other Hispanics. Hmm. So you you'll you see this constantly with uh, the mainstream media uh, that and and politicians, Democrat politicians, is that they take a quote from him out of context and they use it to apply it to a larger group in order to cast him as racist. You know, if if I just said, well, you know, well, Trump wants to build a wall and he's calling, you know, you know, these, you know, Hispanics animals. You know, it fits into the narrative, right? Yeah. But the fact is, is that, um, you know, that that wasn't the context of it. It was specifically talking about um, MS-13 gang members had brutally murdered uh, other, I believe it was female Hispanics, and who have a history of, of mostly targeting other Hispanics in the country. And no one wants to talk about that. You know, it doesn't fit the narrative because... Getting rid of MS-13 gang members or any gang member, period, uh, you know, from a Hispanic origin actually helps, you know, law-abiding Hispanics that are here. Right. Uh, I mean, it's the, it's the same with immigration. Um, you know, the, the whole, you know, Trump was putting kids in cages. Well, uh, I'm sure you remember that blew up. You know, the, the funny part about that was that most of the pictures that was used in the media were actually from during the Obama era. Wow. Right. That I didn't and, know. 
I know Obama. I know these cages existed under Obama. I just didn't know that the pictures, most of the pictures being used, were from the Obama administration. Yeah, I mean, I don't. A lot of the pictures were, you know, I don't know what the exact count is. Right. But, you know, the general narrative was that these kids are coming over. Trump's putting them in cages. You know, he treats Hispanics like animals. Um, you, you had the the narrative that you know, a lot of these. You know, he's separating families, right? That that was a big thing. You yeah. Know, you want to take these parents away, you know, toss the kids in ch- cages and, you know, because he's a racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the problem with all of that was, is that, you know, it, it, it's founded on a lie. You know, usually the, the vast majority of the mainstream media probably never told you that um, it's, I think Border Patrol statistics have somewhere between 60 to 70 percent of specifically women and younger girls are raped and molested when they come across the border. Wow. You, you had large groups of, uh, people trying to get across, uh, not just from Mexico, but all, you know, all kinds of places in South America that were using, uh, children. They were buying them essentially as human trafficking, uh, so that they could get across, you know, as a family unit. Yeah. So you, I got a kid. So, so, you know, one of the things that border patrol started implementing was uh, DNA test because too many people were getting caught with children that very likely a large percentage of them were uh, being molested or trafficked. And, you know, that's a huge reason why children were, were initially separated when all this stuff hit is because you know, it's not to keep children as cages to keep them from being human trafficked. So, you know, all, I mean, is this you being can probably s- think of other examples, you know? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, uh, to, to no, kind of ahead. jump. But Wes, is this being relayed, um, by, by the Trump administration? Is this being said on, on, media outlets whether social media news stations whatever may be are we because i i i'll tell you my day i wake up and i start working here from home and i throw on you know the first thing i throw on is news um i'll throw on how much is the world burning today uh is basically like my thought in my the the question in my head and then I, i i i get depressed for about maybe an hour or so uh, with various news outlets, CNN, Fox News, whatever it may be, um, and then um, I need I need to be happy again because I don't want to work the next, the rest of the day. I don't want to work yeah. the rest of the day with uh with with uh you know it's like hey, the world is burning. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, and I I'll put on sports or I'll put on uh different shows that that I like watching to kind yeah. of get me back to at least a normal a normal level um like uh, i guess normal depressed if, if that's even a thing but um yeah. uh but uh, i i've never heard that i never i've never heard that as a reasoning why the kids are separated right now why why uh why um uh why trump's decided to go this route like the the one thing that i've never heard is like hey look we're trying to prevent human trafficking from happening here Right. Well, I mean, you're basically talking about a wider problem that's probably existed for at, 
at least probably 40 plus years where um, the news media, the mainstream news media, mainstream television shows, CNN, MSNBC, um, you know, even Fox, um, the vast the vast majority of them are not interested in straight news. Mm-hmm. They're interested in selling you a negative story because that's what sells. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the problem is that the vast majority of them, um, they don't, you know, my understanding is uh, from um, other things I've seen regarding journalism school and, and the way it's taught is, you know, being objective is not the goal. No. The goal is to create a better world, which oftentimes means they just straight up lie because it doesn't fit the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact is, is that you can look at a huge variety of things in which Trump is characterized by. Um, and the vast majority of it is a lie. You know, I, I probably started paying attention to mainstream news. I don't know, t- 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of it had to do, th- which I picked up on, uh, was just the blatant kind of lying and mischaracterization that was going on during the, uh, the Iraq war mm-hmm. under Bush. Yeah. Um, Specifically things like how you would characterize, you know, the civilian casualties during the war. You know, we have a huge number of civilian casualties, but they don't actually tell you that the vast majority of those are Iraqis killing Iraqis, essentially religious conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you, you can go back at least as far as Bush, even though, you know, I would say looking back, he, he had a tremendous amount of problems as a president. Um that, uh, you know, these groups like CNN, uh, MSNBC, um, name it off. Uh, I, I've just completely given up on them because you're more likely to get gaslit and lied to um, and just get false information and false ideas than you are just – it's better just to not – almost not watch it, period. Yeah. Um, you know, I, don't, I used to watch Fox News back in the day. Uh, I, don't, I don't watch – almost any mainstream news. Um, you know, Fox is obviously right, but, you know, they're, they're, they're part of the establishment class of Republican elites that just like, you know, the, the Bushes and I don't know, name some old school Republicans that, that they're more interested in maintaining a narrative than they are necessarily conveying a more complex truth. So, so, you know, you're not really going to hear a lot of these um, ideas unless you, you look at alternative sources, you know, alternative smaller channels on, on YouTube. You know, talk radio, I would say, is still generally pretty conservative, mm-hmm. even though when I, when I grew up, I listened to like uh, San Francisco radio station, like, I don't know, like almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. That was like all left wing stuff. But the vast majority is, you know, like the Rush Limbaugh types or. Dennis Prager, or um, uh, you probably think of a few more, but uh, you will hear that stuff from other sources. But you know, the, the, if, if you look at the media as, which I do, as an extension of essentially the Democrat Party, um, just um, being taught from the start of journalism school, you know, it's more important to push a narrative. You know, my truth. You know, social activism. That's what is important. And so, you know, the, the truth is not being liberal is not or being um, 
objective is is not. So I think that this is a huge reason why you constantly see um, just mischaracterizations of what's going on. And, and the funny part is too, is, is like we talked about, it's not like Trump doesn't say stupid things all the time. You know, he, he does, right? There's plenty of stuff to, uh, you know, talk bad about Trump with. You said, uh, uh, you said, uh, on our, in our phone conversation, um, you said, um, the, the right takes, uh, or the left takes Donald Trump, literally the right takes Donald Trump seriously. Was that correct? Is, am, am I quoting you correctly? Yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. Could you elaborate so, on that a little bit, please? Well, so I, I think almost everybody could agree, whether you're Democrat, Republican, conservative, or liberal, that that Trump likes to speak out of his butt a lot. He's he's braggadocious. He's arrogant. He's you know, I would definitely say narcissistic to some degree. You know, everything's got to be the best. You know, we're constantly winning on everything. Um, you know whatever he, he likes to brag about everything right mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure you can find dozens of examples where he's he's kind of exaggerating what's going on mm -hmm. and the thing is um my my general take for all politicians is i don't normally listen or care too much about what they say and I, trump's one of those i think he likes to speak kind of in a general direction mm -hmm. but you know, he's going to be a little iffy on the details because I don't think he know, he knows a lot of the details of the stuff he's doing. Right. So the, the problem is when, when Trump says stuff, uh, you know, the liberal media or the Democrats, they they take whatever he says completely, literally, and they just run with it and go nuts. I think, you know, people like me and a, and a, a lot of general Trump supporters, um, you know, I I. I just don't take him literally for what his words are necessarily. If he's bragging about something and talking about the numbers or whatever, I don't take that literally. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll wait exactly for a, a government, you know, organization or whatever, or or um, you know, something that gives something a little bit more specific of what he says. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, he's a very much kind of shoot from the hip, braggadocious uh, kind of guy, and so. Uh, the, the problem is, is that when you take him literally, you, you miss the bigger picture of what he's trying to do. You know, if he says, you know, I'm going to build a wall, build it across the whole United States or whatever, you know, do it, take that literally? No. The point is, is that he wants to build a wall uh, to secure huge parts of the southern border. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they said, you know, one of them is, like, OK, well, the he's not building a wall. He's building a fence. See? Well, OK, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a giant metal, you know, fence that serves serves its purpose as a wall. Right. So like that, that would be like an easy example of how uh, he's criticized for not uh, fulfilling his promise on the wall, even though they've built a giant, you know, metal um, fence type wall, you know, 200 miles uh, across the board. So so it's that kind of stuff where. Um, you know, I, I, th I think, um, a lot of people, I don't know if you, you said you've kind of had a problem with a lot of the stuff he says, you mm -hmm. know, cause he opens his mouth and whatever he's thinking comes out. Right. Um, 
like I said, I don't normally take politicians for what they say. Uh, I'll listen to it, but I don't normally take it too seriously. What what I think is most important is what they do. And I think that's that's where Trump's, you know, actual achievements are. You know, it's it's not for being a professional, well-spoken, you know, super tight knit, you know, looking president, you know, having the presidential character of like, you know, Abraham Lincoln. That's not his thing. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a troll. He's, you know, he's definitely got huge narcissistic tendencies. Um, he's, he's said plenty of dumb stuff in the past. And so, but, you know, Obama was a very well-spoken, you yeah. know, very well put together, very presidential looking. Um, I, I think a lot of the stuff he did was horrible for the country. So, you know, at the end of the day, being a uh, an orator or demagogue doesn't really mean much. It's it's what you get done. It's the policies and the the laws you get passed. Uh, do you? I guess I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase it before I even ask it. Um, there's a lot of people out there that will say that um, maybe Trump isn't a racist, but he indirectly promotes racism. Uh, he gives, uh, it's almost like there's, there's some fuel for white nationalists and, and, and people alike. Um, he's given, he's given them kind of, um, you know, uh, and kind of that, that avenue to, to, to come out again and, 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 uh, and, and promote hatred. Um, um, I'm sure you don't feel that way, but is there, is there anything that you can tell me that would be to the contrary of that, where, where he hasn't promoted that, where he's done things to, to help other races, to help minorities and stuff like that. Is there anything you can give me that would point to the opposite of him promoting racism indirectly promoting racism? I mean, I, I think the, the general idea about that is something that extends beyond Trump. I mean, that's, a, that's essentially a characterization that uh, the Democrats and just leftists in general make about anybody that's conservative, anybody that's Republican, anybody that doesn't want open borders, mass migration. Um, I mean, that's it's kind of just, you know, standard operating procedure at this point is that everybody that is not a Democrat and everybody that doesn't support left wing policies is a racist. So, you know. Kind of like what I said earlier, I mean, the, the idea that, that Trump is a white supremacist just on the face of it is absurd, you know. Um, they call him an anti-Semite all the time, and yet he's probably done more for Israel, which is, you know, take it for what it's worth, uh, good or bad. But he's done more for Israel than probably any president in the last 30 years or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nobody's had the balls to say that we're going to move the the embassy to Jerusalem because that's going to piss off a bunch of Palestinians, going to piss off Arab nations. Uh, but, you know, Trump doesn't care. We're going to do it. It's the right thing. Um, you know, they, he just did a, a peace accord mm-hmm. uh, or helped to broker a peace accord between Israel and the UAE. Uh, did you hear about that? No. Uh-uh. Well, exactly, because. 
that doesn't fit the narrative that Trump is an evil racist. Um, I mean, th- this is kind of a huge deal because you're essentially having a, a major Arab nation. Um, and uh, I believe it's not only UAE, but uh, Israel's also been working with Saudi Arabia, but to push the norm, push Israel to be recognized by these countries, mm-hmm. you know, Arab states that have refused to, to recognize a Jewish statehood, essentially, for what, 70 years now, something like that. So, um, I mean, you could just take uh, that in general. I mean, when Obama left office uh, with Israel, he uh, his one of his last weeks in office, he basically um, took a shot with the U.N. Security Council at, at um, essentially calling Israel an apartheid state. Right. Um, he, he helped Iran uh, with the Iran nuclear deal. Um, I, I think there's just. There's, that entire deal was essentially to strengthen Iran against Israel. Uh, it, you know, I think anybody that thinks that that Iran would obey the guidelines for making or for not making nuclear weapons is just fooling themselves. Yeah. So I mean, he Obama hated uh, Bibi Netanyahu. He hated. You can go back to some of the things he said a long time ago. I I think, you know, he viewed Israel as a you know, Western imperialist state. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, that's not necessarily directly related to Judaism, but, you know, the idea that Trump is, you know, an anti-Semite is just, you know, it's, it's just gaslighting people. You know what I mean? Um, like, like I said, there's, there's, if you just look at what he's done, um, partially with prison reform and the, just helping out the African-American community in general through jobs. Mm. You know, a lot, a lot of things people don't talk about is, well, illegal immigration generally hurts uh, lower skill workers, right? Yeah. Which uh, primarily right now in this country affects more often uh, the native African-American community. So, I mean, there's a reason why African-Americans had, and Hispanics actually, had the lowest unemployment rate ever um you know i mean that's the other thing too i mean do white supremacists hang around would a white supremacist hang around with kanye no i mean i don't personally like kanye i think he's kind of crazy um i think he i think he's kind of seen the the light a little bit on on the democrat party and um its historical roots of of racism slavery the kkk abortion you could talk about talk about all of those but um yeah i mean just the general idea that that trump is a racist this is it's just absurd uh i'm sure you can find maybe some things he said that may be construed as racist but uh you know the general way he's operated uh there were there were plenty of people you know uh, i believe there was that uh football player was his name herschel walker at the republican convention um was, was saying you know he knows trump personally as a friend and always treated him well you know i think the way kanye is friends with him so you know all this stuff is just a narrative designed to get people to think what a racist uh evil person trump is and he has a he has someone in his cabinet too right or a couple people in his cabinet that that are minorities oh absolutely 
I mean, he's he's two what two out of the three press secretaries he's he's had is female, you know. Um, uh, what's the uh, neurosurgeon's guy's name? Um, that he had. That is who I was. Uh, when I when I asked that right. I, or when I mentioned that, I, that's who I had in mind. Um, right, right, right. <clears throat> um, I'm I'm forgetting his name, but you know who I'm talking about. So. Yeah. What's his, um, what's his uh what's his uh role within the within his presidency? Oh, ben, ben, ben Carson. Carson. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I think he was part of the housing and urban development. So, um, you know, things that specifically go to, you know, lower income, predominantly minority issues. That he's put, you know, a minority in charge of. So, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of examples we we could find if we dig far enough. You know, I, I, I try to keep up on, you know, a decent amount uh, on the news and what's going on. But, you know, even then, it's it's difficult to keep track of everything that's going on. So. So, like I said, I mean, uh, I mean, another example of how the media spins his racism was was the Muslim ban. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody went nuts that, um, you know, signed an executive order that that people from certain countries uh, would not be allowed to travel to the United States, right? Right, right. Uh, the, the problem with calling it a Muslim ban was that not all countries on there were Muslim. Uh, 90 per, plus percent of the world's Muslims could still travel to the United States. And um, I believe every single one of those countries on the list had been designated as a potential uh danger by the obama administration trump trump had just taken those recommendations by um you know obama's um people essentially and just made it happen so you know and of course the actual executive order that he signed the muslims not even in there so how can it be a muslim ban if 90 plus percent of the world muslims can still come into the country I mean, if it is a Muslim ban, it's a pretty terrible ban, wouldn't you think? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just par for the course of of how the media essentially just spins um, just basic information to to fit their narrative that that Trump is evil, Trump's a white supremacist, Trump is a racist, Trump is everything bad under the book. It's because, I mean, they... That they can't actually deal with the issues at hand, you know, truthfully. So, you know, uh, I'm sure we could give lots of other examples as well. What drew you to, uh, if I can ask this just flat out, uh, what drew you to vote for for Trump? I, I know you mentioned you're a Republican. Um, uh, you've voted Republican um, since you can remember, correct? Generally, yeah. Generally, yeah. Um, what drew you to vote for him? And were there other candidates that were um, on that stage uh, during all the Republican debates uh, that you maybe liked a little better? Or was it just like you're like, nope, Trump's my guy? No, actually, um, uh, my wife and I had actually really liked Ted Cruz at first. Hmm. So How come? Uh, you, you know, four years ago just feels like forever. Yeah. So I honestly can't remember exactly what it was, Yeah, but I think it's kind of the same, like, like character traits that 
you know, most of us don't generally like about Trump to begin with, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, a showbiz guy, very kind of pompous, arrogant, you know, he's going to talk trash, you know, uh, to me, um, Ted Cruz kind of matched uh, all the issues that I generally support. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Yeah, I generally vote Republican, but party to me is far less important than um, principles, Mm -hmm. you know? You know, I'm a, um, I have very conservative principles. And mm-hmm. so if, um, and that's the funny thing about Trump is that he's, he's not a traditional conservative. So I, after he had won the, uh, you know, the primary and he was going to become the presidential candidate, it, it basically came down to, you know, this very much non-establishment character, non-traditional Republican non old school politics, old school Bush type um, Republican establishment politician, you know, not a long term. Pol- I mean, you know, he's not a politician, right? Mm-hmm. He's a show guy. You know, it, it, it became that where support most of the principles that that I would support in general versus, you know, Hillary Clinton. And I think Hillary Clinton as as a candidate was awful you know you know one of the biggest things especially like being in the military is is her her support of um a lot of the the arab spring countries that um essentially the obama administration was was supporting uh, groups like the muslim brotherhood and, and other islamist groups in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, you know, their their complete failure in securing Iraq, which led to ISIS. Um, you know, ISIS took over. You know, ISIS established a caliphate that took over, set almost, you know, three countries worth of land, and so, you know, she was a terrible candidate that uh, had a long history of supporting foreign wars, including the first Iraq War, which, you know, has been a disaster. Mm-hmm. or was a disaster um she you know a constant liar you know keeping se- secret materials in her own home um getting away with criminal activities um with that classified information and of course i just don't support policies of the democrats in general mm-hmm. you know open borders um a much push for for socialized medicine socialized uh uh, schooling. I mean, I mean, you name. Um, but obviously, a lot of Americans also didn't like Hillary Clinton. So, you know, she was a terrible candidate, terrible liar. So, you know, it was basically okay. Well, I can I can vote the orange guy in that that supports most of my principles, even though, you know, him personally, he's not very conservative personally. Yeah. Or I can vote for this, you know, horrible person that wants to. St- you know, been hand in hand in starting, you know, foreign wars in in Libya and Iraq in 2003, um, in Syria. I mean, you name it. It's so. I mean, that's that's one of the main reasons, of course, why I supported Trump. Um, the fact that he is not an establishment politician. You know, I think that's clear from the amount of effort that. They've done to try to 
kick him out of office. Would you say he's a he's not a Republican? He's not a traditional Republican. A traditional Republican. Um, no. Is, is that one of your reasons uh, to vote for him? If I'm reading too much into it, uh, it sounds like there might be some stuff that uh, you've grown to dislike from the Republican Party. Uh, you, you, some of the maybe some of the decisions that like Bush had made, uh, maybe even more specific to the Iraq War. Uh, any of that that's led you down this path to uh, vote for someone who's not a traditional Republican? Yeah, I, I, in general, I think the establishment class, you know, I, I would call it even an aristocracy of the United States, both Democrat and Republican, have been selling this country dry for the last 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the Iraq war was, you know, I supported it at the time because, you know, I believed, you know, I was young. Young mm-hmm. and stupid, not yeah. gonna believe. Uh, you know the the intelligence as presented, um, and you know it was a disaster. Of you know, five thousand Americans shouldn't have died for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the failure to secure the country after the fact led, like I said, led led to the rise of ISIS, which established a, a fundamentalist Islamic caliphate in the Middle East since at least the Ottoman Empire a hundred years ago. Um, I I think the the establishment Republicans, the Bush types, the the Cheney types, the Colin Powell types, um, you, you know, uh, Kasich types. I mean, you, you saw a lot of these people basically support Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I wanted to get into that as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would even call a lot of the probably uh, rep- establishment Republicans as kind of the mercantile class. You know, I, I think a lot of them um, supported open open borders to a certain degree. You know, a, a very loose immigration system to benefit them economically, to bring in cheap labor. Um, you know, e- even the mass kind of importation of of legal uh, workers. Uh, you know, a lot of times from like India or, or other places. Um, I think it's H H one B visas, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the idea, you know, there's not enough Americans that that can fill this job. When I mean Americans, I mean Americans of any race or ethnicity, just Americans. Period. Yeah. So you know, I I think we've kind of been, you know, sold out down the river as a country for years, and I think that the biggest difference uh, between Trump and the old school Republicans and just the Democrat Party right now, or as it's mostly ever been, is that um, I think he really just loves America. Like when he says America first, I think he acts, you know, he he's actually done things to to su- support that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's just been too many old school Republicans and just the Democrat Party in general, it's 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 not in the best interest. Their policies are not in the best interest of this country. The vast majority of it is specifically to damage this country. So uh, I think that's part of the huge reason why you've seen, um, you know, the push to get him impeached. Yeah. The, the, the whole Russia Gate idea has essentially been. A, a lie fabricated from the very beginning of his presidency to essentially enact a soft coup. 
mm-hmm. through, through legal means. Um, you know, the, the Durham report is uh, supposed to come out soon, which is going to throw a lot of, um, I mean, I guess you could call it, if you want to go down that road, like deep state type actors within the FBI. I think it goes all the way up to, to a variety of politicians, which fabricated this thing from the very beginning to try to overthrow Trump. Um, I think, you know, and, and I think the way that the media consistently lies about him, consistently lies about, lied about the economy, consistently lied about foreign relations, the stuff that's going on, um, you know, to, to me, it's, it's perfectly clear that the, the, the old established aristocracy of this country does not want Trump to succeed. There's, there's too much money, too much power at stake to make that happen. Um, you know, and do you think Trump, I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, Do you think uh, you, you mentioned, you, you mentioned Russia just a second ago. Uh, Do you think uh, that Russia had anything to do with electing Donald Trump as president? No, not really. The, 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 the biggest thing that, that the evidence that they basically came up with was that, you know, the, the Russians spent like $60,000 that they could track for ads on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's absolutely nothing. And there's no indication that that had anything to do with there's, there's been zero proof that there was, um, any real election fraud, um, from any sort of foreign power that promoted Trump, that, that Trump worked with anybody, um, R- Russia or anybody, uh, a foreign influence to secure the election. Um, the, the ironic part is, is that the one of the main uh, sources which led to um, FBI and the Obama administration to essentially spy on Trump was a fake hearsay report from a British spy that had Russian connections and had connections with um, a research group that Hillary Clinton was using. So to me, it's really ironic that usually the rule of thumb is, is, is whatever the left says is what they're doing to you. And so right now the evidence Mm -hmm. is looking, they've actually worked with some Russian oligarchs to, you know, the, it's hard to trace back and it's an extremely complicated story, but you know, it actually looks like just the opposite. You know, I think the fact is, is that Russia as a state would have much preferred Hillary Clinton. Huh. Um, and I think the biggest, the, the biggest reason why is she had already had a history of working with them in the state department, uh, selling them huge quantities of uranium uh, within the United States for their nuclear stockpile. Um, if you look at the way Trump has kind of pushed NATO, you know, he was criticized a lot for, for going to Europe and telling other NATO countries that they need to pay their fair share. Mm-hmm. Fact was countries like Germany, which is the, the strongest economic power in Europe, weren't, they weren't even getting close to the 2% that they were paying. And uh, Russia, the last thing Russia would want is a, an extremely strong NATO power, um, you know, that has that would physically and monetarily resist 
their pushes um, in kind of the old Eastern Bloc countries like you saw with Crimea. Mm-hmm. So, um, plus two, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Trump, um, the Obama administration refused to sell surface air missiles to Ukraine because um, I don't know if you know the, the Russia has been significantly interfering with Ukraine Yeah. for I don't, I don't know how many years it's been now, but you know, Trump sold them, Trump sold the Ukrainians surface air missiles so that, you know, they're kind of quasi military force that they can have plausible deniability that it's not them, you know, for, from taking more advantage of that and from resisting Russian aggression in other parts of Eastern Europe. Um, so, you know, the idea that Russia would want Trump in there, you know, to do that, to specifically help their their enemies resist Russian influence is just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And there's just no evidence of it, period. I mean, that's that's essentially why, um, you know, this whole Russia gate thing has just disappeared because nothing has come of it. Nothing will come of it because it's been bogus from the beginning. Um, what about the uh, the bounty? There was there was a story about um, there was bounty on U.S. troops that 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 Russia was was holding over them. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I heard the story. Uh, I never looked much into it, um, so I I can't speak intelligently about it. Mm. Um, but. You know, as you said that, what kind of came to mind? Because it was from bounty for U.S. troops, right? Yes, for, for U.S. troops, correct. Yeah, I, I remember, um, you know, being aware of through my through my job of, I mean, of the uh, <laughs> United States military lighting up and killing, um, I think it was close to 150 Russian contractors. Um, it was probably a couple of years ago. Were you aware of that? No. Yeah, so what happened was the... You know, the Russians are supporting the Assad regime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want uh, Assad in Syria to fall for various reasons. And um, the, uh, the Syrian troops, it, uh, they're supported by the Russian military, but they also have private contractors. You know, if you think of like the Iraq war, there was Blackwater. Mm-hmm. They have an equivalent called the Wagner Group. Um, and the, uh, this, they were embedded with Syrian forces that... Um, had attacked essentially a U.S. outpost in Syria. You know, Syria is just a freaking mess with all kinds of different groups buying for different regions. You know, you had the Kurds, you had the Assad regime, you had the Russians, you had ISIS. Um, so it got very confusing, but um, they ended up attacking an American outpost, which, um, you know, apparently they got word that this is Americans and, and you better stop. And they didn't. And we freaking wiped out uh, something like 150 Russian contractors Hmm. um, along with their Syrian allies. So, you know, it's to me, it's just another example of of pushing against Russian interference and Russian aggression. So uh, it's it's just another uh, another lie uh, promoted by the media and over in order to smear Trump and in order to, but mostly the Russian stuff is to impeach him. So. 
I don't know how much you might know about this, but um, I, I kind of heard about it. And I'm like, huh, and then just kind of went about my day. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, uh, not and and for anyone listening, I'm uh, there's uh, there's no like uh, there's no debate going on because I'm just here to seek understanding. I'm not the guy to do this. Uh, if you were telling me that Conor McGregor was the greatest UFC fighter of all time, I, I would I would I'd be up in arms with you, and we we we'd have an argument. Uh, but um. Uh, in this case here, I'm looking to understand. So, 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 so for me, uh, one of the things that, that, and I think I need to get better at that. I think maybe it, it shows some ignorance. Maybe it shows some, 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 uh, you know, oh, you're what the establishment wants, you know, just kind of, uh, ignoring all these things while they're happening right at, right in front of you or whatever. But, uh, maybe I do need to get better at that. And, and this is why I have people like yourself on. Where, um, where I can now go and, and, and maybe do a little more research, be, be a little more informed, you know, uh, being able to listen to both sides um, uh, or all sides, because uh, there should be more than, than, than two sides. But, um, but anyways, uh, one of the things that, I, that I, um, I, I'm not aware of, and I don't know if you are, but uh, Trump mentioned something about um, – uh, in Obama gate or some, some issues that Obama was having or like something that he said, Oh, like you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll find out about it or, or yeah. Do you know what he was talking about? Cause I don't, and I, I'd like to. So, yeah. So, so that's, that's essentially what I was referring to the, the whole Russia gate uh, idea essentially goes back to what Trump is referring to as Obama gate. Mm. Um, it's a very complicated story. So, um, the, the, the gist is that the Obama administration through the FBI, um, and other agencies, um, and like I told you about that British spy that had claimed, you know, the, the, the Russian, the, the Trump P tape, and he was working with the Russians and, and all the stuff that the, the, the basic idea is that they had worked with uh, Democrat operatives and, you know, for lack of a better term, d- deep state entities to fabricate an excuse to get a FISA warrant to spy on members of the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it had just come out, I don't know, a month or two ago that I, I believe one a specific FBI member was um, – charged for essentially lying and completely mishandling the application for the FISA warrant, which allowed them to spy on, uh, I believe, is one of the operatives, Carter Page. Um, And part of it also has to do with uh, General Flynn, if you remember that. So I believe he he, he had talked with a Russian ambassador, and and, um, I believe he he was also being taped Mm -hmm. uh, well. So the, the, the general gist is that um, they had fabricated and lied uh, in order to not only spy on the Trump campaign, but but to push for an invest, essentially a fraud investigation, um, which was the main point of impeachment. So so that's that's essentially what I mean when I say there was a soft coup uh, attempted by, um, I mean that's who knows how deep it goes or exactly who it's connected to. But but the way that the whole Russia investigation has started was was started over a complete lie that that we we spent three years uh, with 
you know, congressional testimonies and endless news coverage about Trump working with the Russians and all this crap. And that's that's what it is. It's crap. You know, the, that that's why it's been dropped, because what it looks like is uh, the, the I believe it's Attorney General Barr right now has, has been looking much more into, like, how did all of this get started? Because we're, we're not only talking about essentially trying to I don't think they'll go this far, but essentially trying to overthrow a duly elected president. Um, but, you know, wasting millions and millions of taxpayer do- dollars over a lie, which was probably, you know. I, I probably believe it, it was connected to the Obama administration. So um, I would definitely put them in, in the establishment class. So um, that, that, that's the gist of what Trump is saying um, when he's referring to Obamagate, because, um, you know, he had, he, he had claimed that, you know, he was being spied on, you know, he had his wires being tapped and whatever. And of course the media said that was a lie that never happened except for the fact that they were actually spying on some of his associates during the campaign. So obviously he talks to them. So that, that, that's, that's the, what's going on. And in the Durham report, mm. which will be released uh, soon, if it hasn't been already, I believe um, it, it's supposed to go over a lot of the problems and a lot of the lies and fabrication, which, which led to the, this, the Russian investigation. It's going to implicate a lot of people, including people like Comey. So, you know, when it when it does hit and it is revealed, you're 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 most likely not going to see a lot of no, normal media attention to it, because because it makes the you know the lies that were pushed about Trump colluding with Russians. I mean, every mainstream news uh, media essentially characterized it as that for three years. So, you know, it's going to make him look really bad. So you're not going to see that pushed in the mainstream news media very much. I mean, it's, some of the stuff's already come out and, and you know, we're, we've completely forgot about it, which, which I think, you know, some of this stuff is the point. So, you know, I'll, I, I think a lot of the stuff with shutting down the economy, um, the, the promotion of a lot of the writings and social, you know, racial unrest that's going on. Mm. You know, part of that is to kind of um, override uh, some of the stuff that's been coming. Because, you know, my suspicion is that the the level of um, I don't know what you want to call it, but the the level of interference in trying to get rid of Trump through mm. impeachment kind of just blows Watergate right out of the water. Wow. Uh, but of course, that's you know, like I said, it's a, this extremely complicated story with many number of of you know conflicting assets and different organizations that were involved and different people. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of fall guys, you know, a lot of lower FBI agents and that kind of stuff take the fall. So, uh, in in recent days, weeks, I guess uh, we've seen. Um, uh, a lot of I don't I don't maybe not a lot is a word, but we've seen Republicans, um, you know, cross over to the other side and and basically um, pretty much tell the nation 
as Republicans to not vote Republican in this coming election. Uh, Kasich was one of them, and you know, there's maybe a handful of others. But um, sure, what are your thoughts on a lot of Republicans uh, basically abandoning ship, which a lot of them might have at the time he became president. Um, what I feel the Republican Party did as, you know, kind of the, the more traditional Republican Party, uh, I feel like they committed suicide to gain the White House. I feel like they went with someone that wasn't a traditional Republican because that was their best shot at the White House. Um, and I feel like they're doing that now to regain their own political party. Um, I don't know if you necessarily agree with that or what your thoughts are on my statement, but uh, your thoughts on my statement and also um, a lot of Republicans crossing over to say, don't vote Republican. Uh, I mean, I, I, I generally look at it uh, like the opposite, which was that mm -hmm. the normal Republican voters completely abandoned the Republican establish establishment by electing Trump. And that the, the, the old school Republican establishment um, politicians and, and uh, within certain facets of the media, um, you know, they, they've been attacking Trump from the beginning. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, they're called ne never Trumpers for a reason because mm -hmm. they, they, they've hated Trump from the beginning. I mean, you, you look at, you know, of course, of course, Powell is, you know, part of that, the old school Bush establishment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, you know, you say what you want, but did they lie to get us into the Iraq war or not? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but Powell was right there, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Kasich has always been kind of, I don't know, I guess a typical term is a rhino, right? Republican in name only. Mm. You know, every time, I mean, the, the CNN usually has rhinos on, right? I've never like heard of that. I have never heard that term before. <laughs> yeah, Republican in name only. They're, they're essentially um, people who hold liberal or uh, leftist uh, ideas don't actually believe in the true traditional conservative values that are normally upheld by Republicans. You know, is is the kind of like I was saying about the kind of mercantile class that that specifically looks for, uh, you know, like a softer, nicer immigration system, because in the end, you know, the kind that would that wants to generally overlook illegal immigration, but that wants to bring in tons and tons of foreign workers legally. You know, they're not interested in uh, promoting American workers uh, or, you know, um, American sovereignty or American power. They're, they're interested in promoting, you know, cheap labor, importing cheap labor. Mm -hmm. so, so I think what happened in 2016 was that um, the Republican base, the average voter, uh, was sick and tired of uh, the more old school traditional Republicans because, I mean, what what had what had they really done to promote you know, Amer you know traditional american values mm -hmm. i mean they like i said that they, they essentially sold out the they've been selling out the country for years they, they were just slightly less liberal than the democrats and so it re so it's really not a surprise at all to see you know the Repu certain groups of republicans going over to the democrat convention and supporting biden because Biden is part of the establishment. I mean, he's been there for the last 40 years. Yeah. Or longer than that, I think. Um, you know, at least since, yeah, I mean, closer to 60 years. So, 
it's not a surprise at all. I think what this, uh, the surprise was that there were so many um, normal Republicans that were just, no, we're not going to vote for, you know, Bush 3.0. You know, we're not going to vote for the tradition, you know, this, this old school, you know, weak, let the media crap all over you Republican. Um, and I think that was a huge push for Trump is that uh, he's not a traditional politician. He's a businessman, which, you know, you could debate the validity of how good a businessman he was. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he the, the weird part is, is that if you, if you kind of look at a lot of the values that Trump used to support, uh, he's actually far more moderate and maybe even closer to liberal um, some of his values than you would think. You know, he's he's not a right winger. He's 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 definitely not a religious conservative in the general term of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it, I think Republicans have generally um, as a voting block, normal everyday Republicans have um, just not gotten out of their politicians the things that they voted for. Mm-hmm. Now, we, I mean, how many years has it? I mean, when is the last time America had a, a strong border? You know. Yeah. What 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 did Bush do? Essentially nothing, right? So I mean, look at a, just a variety of different topics. Um, so I I think that's the biggest thing of what happened with Trump is that he's he's not establishment. He's not an old school old school politician. Um, and, and I think he actually um, wants to support and has supported, um, you know, American workers, uh, American sovereignty abroad. And, you know, the funny thing, too, is a lot of Republicans are, are we're kind of sick and tired of these foreign wars as well. Mm-hmm. You know, generally you think of Republicans as, a, you know, pro, pro-war or whatever, but that's kind of the ironic thing is that. Uh, you know, Trump was Trump was against the Iraq war to begin with. So, I mean, you might have heard that that Trump is kind of pro-war, right? I've I've, I've heard uh, uh, the, the chatter I've heard is uh, he's looking for his war. Like he really wants to look for his war. Right. And, and that's, that's the most ironic thing is like if you if people were actually presented with the facts is that tr- Trump was actually against the Iraq war to begin with, you know, it. Yeah. One of the campaign promises for the next next election, next term, is to to finally get af- out of Afghanistan. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a double edged sword. But um, you know, I think if we would have had Hillary Clinton, I think uh, we we probably would have seen much more military engagement in Syria. Um, it's very possible we would have seen direct confrontation with Iran. Um, I think if you look at what the Obama administration did, especially under Hillary Clinton as uh, Secretary of State, mm-hmm. uh, supporting the the Islamic uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, which is basically a an Islamic organization, uh, supporting their overthrow of the Egyptian secular dictator in Egypt, um, supporting essentially terrorist groups in Syria, non-democratic. You know, fundamentalist Islamic terrorist groups in Syria, um, and um, 
uh, if you look at Libya, what happened with Libya was a disaster. So, you know, the Obama administration supported the, the overthrow of Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, uh, NATO, the United States provided, you know, uh, air power and financial means and other military aids. And what did the overthrow of Gaddafi do? It significantly destabilized the region. Um, that country is still in a civil war. You got Russia and Turkey and Saudi Arabia supporting different, essentially different warlords. You have a weak centralized government. <laughs> I mean, literally under Obama administration, by removing Gaddafi, you, you've had open slave markets of sub-Saharan Africans, of blacks mostly in the country of Libya. Like slavery as an institution essentially has, has come back hmm. in Libya because of how destabilized the country is. You know, I mean, slavery is a, is a normal uh, practice under fundamentalist Islam. So, I mean, that, that, that's why you, you saw the same thing with the, uh, the Yazdis and Christian girls under ISIS, mm-hmm. that they were slaves. So, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Trump is if you look at what we've done, um, you know, he we've been able. I mean, I say that's what probably one of the biggest accomplishments that's usually overlooked is is um, uh, Trump's support of the military and completely destroying the Islamic Caliphate of ISIS. You know, I mean, I, ISIS makes Al Qaeda look like the JV squad, as Obama said, right? Hmm. I mean. ISIS literally took over, you know, thousands of miles of territory, established their own country, brought back the sex slave trade, um, and has been responsible for dozens, if not hundreds, of terrorist attacks throughout the Middle East and Europe. Well, Middle East, thousands, tens of thousands, but I mean, places like Europe and elsewhere. Um, and, you know, we've been able to completely, essentially completely destroy the caliphate and destroyed Abu uh, Baghdadi, who was the Osama bin Laden of ISIS. So, you know, when there were uh, suspicions that the Syrian government had had gassed some of the rebels in Syria, you know, I think Trump made the right decision of, instead of pushing for major military involvement, yeah. we, essentially, we essentially just, Bomb, you know, bomb the crap out of one of their airports to send a message to knock it off, right? You know, it it was an act specifically not to get us engaged um, as much as possible, you know, in a major military operation. Uh, and honestly, the the killing of um, uh, what's his name, the Iranian general that we knocked out in Baghdad, Soleimani, I think his name was. I believe so. It sounds familiar. Yeah, so I mean, so- Soleimani, uh, you know, top um, essentially Iranian special forces groups, the, the Al Quds force, top general responsible of, of supplying, training, promoting. I mean, the 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 main leader of uh, Iran's um, terrorist operations throughout the entire Middle East, essentially. Um, with Shia groups in Iraq, uh, Lebanon, Palestine, um, by by 
killing him, not, not only did that put a huge damper on their operations, um, just from taking out their leadership, but I, I mean, I honestly think it, it helped prevent us from getting closer to actually going to a war with Iran mm-hmm. because we're willing to show that, that one, we're not going to put up with a crappy nuclear deal that's, that we know you're breaking and not going to do, but two, we're not going to hesitate to take out your top military generals uh, when we consider them a threat. So, um, you know, I think by sending those those strong messages that it actually helps prevent war. It's, you know, war usually occurs when the other side thinks you're too weak to respond sufficiently. Mm. So, um, and that's the thing. I mean, you, like I said, with Afghanistan, um, you know, if Trump pulls out, there's always a risk um, that the Taliban, Al Qaeda, even ISIS is in Afghanistan will um, take over huge parts of the country. But, you know, at a certain time, you kind of have to, you know, count your losses. And is it worth staying in a country that we're never going to transform into a Western liberal democracy, like liberal in the classical liberal sense, right? You know, it's, you know, what's, we've been there, what, 20 years? We'll, We'll be there 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, you know, how many more Americans need to die versus keeping, you know, radical Islamists in bay. And, you know, Trump's already basically helped to make the, uh, you know, I think he, he wants to limit it as much as possible and get most American troops out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I personally have, like I said, mixed feelings about it because you, you don't want to create another ISIS situation, which is what Obama did. But you also, you know, Afghanistan is not going to be Germany and Japan post-World War II. It's just not. You know, we're not going to commit the, the, the amount of troops that would really need to be there. We're not going to completely change, you know, aspects of the culture, um, which would need to happen. So, you know, I think the, in, in general, the whole general push is, I think, and that's one thing I really like about Trump is that he's extremely pro-military, but he's not—he's actually not extremely pro-war. And I think by by maintaining an extremely strong military presence in general, that's what actually helps prevent war. Hmm. So, um, I think we, you know, we, who knows under Biden, but certainly under Hillary Clinton, I think we would have seen a, a, a lot more chaos and push for greater military engagement um you know in part to destabilize the middle east for you know certain issues so and i think that's honestly i think that's why a lot of me included a lot of republicans voted for trump Mm -hmm. because you know why are we doing these endless wars why are we in part you know supporting an islamist faction just because some dictator in syria is a not a great guy to his people they're all crappy people some are crappier than others though but when, you know in terms of the leadership of these countries yeah so. uh, one of the things that uh we talked about last time that that stood out to me was um when we were talking about like uh having 
for example, like a, a Bernie Sanders run for for uh, as as a Democrat and, and and run for president, and yeah, yeah, you you had mentioned like they'll never allow that. Uh, they're they're you you mentioned something to the extent of like they're too smart to do that, or they're or to allow someone that they don't want. Or um, I'm I'm probably butchering what you said, but I'm sure you might be able to kind of just uh, uh, fix that for me and and say it the way you did. Well, you know, I I think Bernie Sanders as a candidate uh, is a terrible candidate with terrible poly policy positions. So, you know, uh, almost anything socialist is a terrible idea. However, um, I think Bernie Sanders for the Democrat, well, for liberals and leftists um, that are primarily Democrats, he, he was the equivalent of Trump. Mm. Um, you know, I if you look at what happened with him in the 2016 election, you know, the I think they might have changed it, but uh, fact check me on it. But uh, the Democrats have uh, something called or they had something called superdelegates, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, during the primaries, it basically allowed the party to override the will of the of the Democrat primary voters. Uh, because you could have these super delegates, which weren't, you know, they could have essentially vote for whoever they wanted. And of course, the point of that is to maintain the, the establishment Democrat power mm -hmm. within the party. And, you know, I don't I don't know if it was ever proven, but I think a lot of people suspect that that Bernie Sanders probably won the 2016 primary election. If he didn't, it was super close. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was cheating involved. So, so that's generally what I mean by, um, you know, I think the Democrat Party in general wants to su generally support a lot of socialist policies, but Bernie, as a candidate, uh, as a as a person and politician, um, I don't think he was ever part of what I would call the Democrat aristocracy. You know, he 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 was an outsider, just like Trump. Even though, you know, Bernie Sanders is a career politician. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only job he's ever had. So, and so, I mean, I think that's why a lot of, you know, I've heard, I don't know what the numbers are, yeah. but that a lot of Bernie supporters uh, just said, I'm not voting Democrat. I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And I don't know what percentage of them decided to vote for Trump or not. Because, you know, I, I, Trump Trump in part kind of represents the same thing where it's just like, screw the establishment, screw the mainstream Democrats and Republicans. You know, let's just see what happens or let, you know, you know, I'm sure some of them thought it was going to burn down, even though, you know, I think Trump's proven, um, you know, that it obviously hasn't. So. I'm always curious as to why uh, Bernie hasn't um, or doesn't want to run um, as an independent. Um, I feel like if he runs as an independent, he'd have a much better shot. I'm just I'm curious as to why um, he's he's felt that his the only way he wants to go in is 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 under the democratic ticket yeah uh honestly i think i think most 
actual, you know, registered independents um, are, are, are not necessarily favorable to uh, Bernie's socialist policies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bernie, Bernie is a full on unabashed socialist, you know, government control, government health care, government schools, government everything. Right. Um, I think that's if you look at like what's currently going on in the Democrat Party with like the AOC types or, you know, the squad, they have a very progressive left wing socialist loving side of their party, which is in odds with uh, the establishment class of like Pelosi and Schumer and so- some of these other older politicians that um, generally push um, more socialists uh, in general, you know, but, but, but they're, they're not far left progressive progressives, you know, but even though Biden, you know, I think Biden is part of that. Um, even though a lot of his policy positions that he's, that he wants to promote as president, you know, essentially fall in line with a lot of that. Then that's why you saw AOC, uh, in part support Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. during the convention, you know, uh, the convention and the primary. So, um, I don't know. I think, honestly, I think Bernie is kind of a, I think he's kind of a weak man in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think he just kind of took the Democrat money and took the Democrat, you know, support, um, instead of actually standing on his, you know, far left socialist principles. You know, I, I used to be a little bit more sympathetic towards Bernie because of uh, how he was treated by the Democrat Party in mm-hmm. general. But um, I, like I said, I think Bernie has some terrible, horrible positions. I mean, I, I don't trust any man, period, that takes a, his honeymoon in the Soviet Union, has never seen a communist state that he's, you know, never su- support, you know, said nice things about mm-hmm. um, and, and just, you know essentially big government for all so you know um but i I think that's a huge reason why um he's not he's not gonna run independent you know what's funny is if most a lot of the recent polls that i've seen um and i think a lot of this has to do with um the writing and and the kind of the responses that have been going on because of it but independents are swinging more towards trump right now so and that's i mean and that's the thing if you look take a bernie sanders and and take a trump trump is far far closer to somebody like john f kennedy than bernie is or biden for that matter And, you know, of course, you know, JFK is, you know, partly because, largely because of the assassination, you know, has the, the kind of great like American politician that was removed before his time. Right. Uh, um, Quintessential moderate that can, you know, bring everybody together, you know. Um, was uh, uh, it might be uh, it might be just a conspiracy theory or it might be some rumor out there or whatever. But um, I thought I had always heard that uh, the mafia helped. Uh, uh, JFK get into pre- in, into the presidency. Uh, yeah. So, um, I just I, I just watched a documentary on it. So you know, take it for what it's worth. But um, essentially, from what I understand, is JFK's father 
mm-hmm. um, had been a businessman and politician who had many connections with the mafia mm-hmm. and that um, essentially, yeah, you used his power and influence among the mafia to help his sons get into political power, including JFK. Mm. Now, I don't know how far you want to take the, uh, you know, conspiracy road of who actually killed JFK. Was it the mafia? Was it the CIA? You know, I mean, if if you want to look up crazy stuff, look up Operation Northwood. Operation Northwood. Northwood. Uh, Let me let me write that down. Um, uh, That's kind of the, the kick I've been on lately. Uh, it's, uh, I'm like, dude, I think, I think his assassination might've been, a a, a mob hit. Like, I, uh, if, if it's well, true. Hmm? So I, it, it could have been, I, 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 I'm kind of, uh, under the impression too, that, um, it, it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald or it wasn't him alone at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, o- operation Northwoods is, uh, really interesting because, I mean, if you want to talk about conspiracy theories, um, it was essentially a, this is all, you know, unclassified, you know, anybody can look it up, go look at Wikipedia, but it was essentially a planned operation by the CIA and Joint Chiefs of Staff to create a uh, false flag attack on the United States um, in order to go to war with Cuba. Mm -hmm. And part of that operation Uh, you know, part of the idea of the operation, this never happened, was to um, take, uh, commit terrorist attacks in the United States and in uh, military bases abroad, Um, that it was, uh, you know, the the Cuban military doing it, Um, you know, they had planned to take down an airline um, attack, uh, you know, potentially kill U.S. soldiers, um, you know, commit commit terrorism uh, in, in order to provide um, justification for war with Cuba or uh, an invasion really. And I believe I looked up the dates, right? This happened before the Bay, this happened before the Bay of Pigs. So, so, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, obvi- obviously I think Cuba, uh, Fidel Castro regime was horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the horrible things for the Cuban people and is still horrible, mm. but, but, you know, it, it's not completely out of the realm of reality because of stuff like operation Northwood, that there are people within the United States government who would choose to do things to promote their narrative of going to war. Um, you know, was that the case in Iraq? Who knows? Maybe, you know, uh, I think, you know, Saddam probably did have weapons of mass destruction that were moved out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave them a lot of time, but did we need to go in there? You know, and, and I, I honestly don't believe that most most of the stuff is like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, that there is some precedent to that. So, you know, was JFK assassinated by the mob? Maybe. Was he assassinated by some deep state CIA group that, um, you know, didn't like his policies, you know, I mean, same, same with Reagan too. I mean, you, you could go down the rabbit hole if you wanted. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I would, if you want to read some crazy shit that or excuse me, crazy stuff that mm-hmm. uh, is recorded to have been a plan, you know, look up operation Northwoods. 
No, definitely, definitely be checking that out. Um, as far as this presidential election goes, um, how do you think it plays out? Um, do you, do you see it's gonna be a, a, a an easy victory for Trump? What are your thoughts on Biden and Kamala Harris as as uh, the opposing uh, the opposing team? Uh, as for the latter, uh, I, I'm kind of wondering if if the Honestly, the Democrats have just completely given up. Hmm. And the reason I say that is Biden is kind of terrible as, as a candidate. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's serious questions about his mental health. You know, he's essentially been hiding this whole time during COVID. Um, you know, he, he's done hardly any press conferences. You know, he's done a few here and there. Mm-hmm. I, what was his last major like interview was with Cardi B, as though that's a serious thing. <laughs> and... and Kamala Harris is a terrible candidate. Um, you know, she was so bad. I, she had to drop out of the Democrat. Pir- so among Democrats, almost nobody likes her. So that's telling you something. I, I have um, I have read like on Facebook and, and, and other places where there's people like, oh, man, they're not listening to us. Or, or you know, oh, man, really her? Like, that's not who should be uh, running I, as vice president. Well, what, what's funny is she can be attacked from either side. So if you're far left and, you know, you're a whole part of this, you know, what I would say would be the the, the actual tr- um, main Black Lives Matter group, Antifa group, you know, full uh, anti-United States, uh, anti-cop uh, narrative that's being pushed on. Um, and the racial division, you don't like Kamala Harris because she was a cop. Mm. You know, she was a district yeah. attorney in San Francisco that bragged multiple times about throwing people in jail, jail for weed. Um, you know, you know, you probably didn't know, but, you know, she she had um, she, she had used prison inmates. She, she had restricted their their early release for good behavior, I believe it was. Um uh, as I, I forgot exactly what her position was, but she, she had essentially restricted early release for, uh, I believe it was thousands of inmates, um, a low number, um, in order to use them as cheap labor to fight wildfires in California. Mm. So, and I, I think the, the biggest issue with her, um, in terms of her criminal record was, um, essentially denying a man who was a black man, I believe, um, uh, to um, get a DNA test to have to have his DNA test, which which proved him innocent, and I believe it was a rape case. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from from you know being part of um, yeah, I'm gonna screw up the legalese, but being part of you know his uh, administered in court as new evidence. Mm-hmm. She tried to deny that until she was overruled, I believe, by the governor. I forgot how many years ago it was, but, um, you know, these are all things that actually uh, Tulsi Gabbard attacked her on on the stage. So, but, I mean, she could be attacked from more traditional liberals and moderates, too, because I, I don't think there's a far-left policy that she hasn't mouthed service to that, that she wants to enact. Hmm. So, you know, it, I, I, I think she is an opportunist. Um, I think really it's mostly just about power. 
I mean, I, I don't know what kind of, you know, you know, Trump obviously has some very uh, questionable morals in his personal life. Right. Yeah. But it's like from a political perspective with Kamala Harris, I mean, it's hard to take you seriously when the guy that you're running for president with, you called a, uh, a racist, you believe he's racist and that you claim to believe the sexual uh, assault allegations by one of his eight. She called by uh, Kamala Harris called Biden a racist. Yeah, I don't know if she essentially used those terms, but but one of the big things that, that she kind of promoted during the primaries was that that Biden had you know, he's old as hell. So, yeah. he, you know, he had worked with a lot of the Democrat seg- segregation in the South during yeah. the 60s. And so, you know, one of the things she kind of tried to attack him for was was not supporting forced busings of blacks to white neighborhoods to integrate in the schools mm-hmm. and you know she claimed she was one of those you know students so you know he has a history of working with racists and segregationists and not wanting to help blacks so i'm not sure she ever explicitly called him a racist but it was heavily implied mm. uh, I'm sure probably other examples as well wow so and of course there's the i believe her name is tara reed which was uh, I think an ex uh, staff member um, when he was a senator mm-hmm. that claimed that he sexually assaulted her. So, you know, she she had explicitly said that you know she believes it, right? Believe all women. So, you know, she's she she had no problem just you know, and she actually said this, and I think it was uh, Stephen Colbert's show mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's just, you know, I was just a debate, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just a debate, you know, I didn't really believe it. So, yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's just an opportunist that most, the vast majority of Democrats didn't want for president. So I think it's kind of a, I think it's a terrible pick. Although, honestly, I'm, I'm not sure what other Democrat would have been a good pick. Because you had you had Bernie, which I think was second place, mm-hmm. and then you, had, you know, Warren, you know, uh, Focahontas, <laughs> who, who you know, I mean, you were talking about racism, you know, she's uh, she's she's whiter than me, which and I'm I'm about a 99% white, actually I'm 100% white, so European ancestry. She's as white as me and claimed to be a Native American. Um, in order to get, you know, get special privileges in, in law school and as a professor and writing a history book and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know who they could have picked that would have been a good candidate that, you know, was charismatic. Yeah. When she said uh, when she said she was a uh, uh, Native American or whatever she had said, uh um, I, I, I found that extremely hilarious. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I did ancestry DNA myself. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not walking around saying that I'm, I'm, uh, that I'm Irish because, uh, ancestry DNA says I'm 4% Irish. I, um, I very much consider myself, uh, well, obviously an American, but I consider myself Mexican. Um, right. regardless of my, my ancestry DNA has on here. Uh, um, by the way, uh, it's a, it's a, it says here, um, 
where's it at? Uh, 35% Native American. So I think I, um, uh, I, I got it there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think, I think you're like 400% more Irish than, <laughs> Native, than Elizabeth Warren. Is. <laughs> I will say though that my 4% Irish loves whiskey uh, or loves, uh, loves scotch and loves whiskey. Uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm a hundred percent. I will say that about my 4%. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I definitely love that. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? But yeah, no, I just thought that was pretty silly when she had mentioned that. Well, I, you know, it's just, to me, it's just normal stuff that, that they do is, you know, they, they, it, it, she thought it was beneficial because sometimes it is to claim to be of minority origin and, and she, she lied and used it to get into positions that should have gone to real Native Americans. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and you know what? She's a good example of you know pe- people calling Trump racist. Yeah. It's racist to call her Pocahontas. You know, is is it racist to call a white lady pretending to be Native American Pocahontas, or is it racist for the white lady to pretend to be Native American in order to advance her career and take slots and positions away from real native Americans. Right. You know? And so, and I, she's, I think she was, she's kind of the same as uh, Kamala Harris, you know, she'll kind of say and do anything to, to get in power and to, to maintain power. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I, what's funny too about that is uh, I, I had personally went through the same thing where you know we had been told in my family that i had native american ancestry mm-hmm. and, and my wife and i you know we we did it together and lo and behold i came back with as much native american ancestry as elizabeth warren had <laughs> but um you know i through 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 my through work of other family members in genealogy i found out where that idea came from mm. you know through through a adoption like you know five generations ago Mm. But, but, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Cause, uh, I always joke with my wife that, that I want to do, I, w- I want to test each kid's, uh, you know, DNA and see if they get different percentages because, cause my wife's, you know, she's Mexican. So she's got, she's her DNA is all over the place, right? She's got all kinds of like Europeans. She's mm-hmm. got native american she has some middle eastern she has some africans she's got all kinds of stuff but it's funny because I, I feel like one like you know one of my kids is looks more hispanic mm-hmm. and then the other one looks white mm-hmm. i want to like test it out because you know see if you know a little bit more of mom or dad went into one of the kids yeah i just think that that kind of stuff is interesting yeah i know so, it definitely is um definitely is for sure um uh my wife uh after i took it she said she wanted to take it i think she did um but um her sisters went off of like her test and went okay that's us and i'm like whoa maybe you guys should take it too though because it might be slightly different um right yeah i mean my understanding is you know it's not necessarily exactly 50 50 and what 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 part of the 50 50 is taken when you do make a kid so Mm -hmm obviously you know you got recessive genes and you know kids look different so you know but you know um yeah my uh 
my ancestry DNA here reads six uh, percent African, five percent Asian, fifty percent European, um, and then that sprinkles into all the other things that are in there as far as like Irish and so on and so on, and then thirty-five yep. percent Native American. Yep, yep. Well, does yours have uh, Asian, some sort of Asian ancestry in there? Yeah, yeah, five percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, at the moment I'm kind of mulling whether or not doing a, uh, like a live, uh, podcast that day as, uh, election results start to come in. Um, it'll definitely be, uh, be interesting. Um, it'll be definitely an interesting election. I think, uh, the, the world, uh, as they mostly do, but the world will definitely be paying attention to this. Uh, we as Americans will be paying attention to this. Um, and, you know, mentioning like, um, you just mentioned as far as like um, not supporting Trump and stuff like that. Uh, one of the one of the one of the reasons I think that um, that um, I I don't support him um, has been um, the way he's handled uh, this pandemic, this coronavirus. Um, I feel like at first he downplayed it a lot, kind of brushed it off as it's nothing, um, um, and it ended up killing. Um, or it has killed a lot of people. Right. But how have you thought, or what are your thoughts on how he has handled this, uh, this pandemic? Um, I, I think in general, he's handled it about as well as, as any president probably could have with a few exceptions. Um, I do think you're right that, um, he didn't take it seriously hmm. uh, at first, um, but the the problem with that is is that um, he actually locked down travel from China and Europe far before the Democrats wanted to. The time that that he was locking down travel, the the time that he was taking it seriously to prevent more people from with COVID from coming over. Yeah. Uh, the other side was uh, Nancy Pelosi was going to Chinatown in San Francisco and talking about how wonderful it was. Even Joe Biden, you know, was was saying how racist it was to to lock down, you know, travel from China, whatever. I mean, if the 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 problem is is that you know people want to say that Trump's a dictator, mm-hmm. but but when he doesn't act like a dictator by allowing states to choose how they handle it they get mad so what is it you know if you look at a lot of the the problems with um well like take new york for example you know i I believe new york has the highest death count um and and the problem is a, a lot of these places with huge death counts whether they lock down or not um you know the problem with new york was that you had Cuomo and other Democrats purposely put, or I don't, I shouldn't say purposely, maybe, but they, they put COVID patients in nursing homes. You know, the amount of people that died in New York in nursing homes alone because politicians decided that it was better to put COVID patients, you know, in nursing homes. And, and we know that, that this, uh, disease affects primarily older people you know they, they they put them in the most vulnerable population and you know there's something close to 11 to 12,000 people in New York alone that died in nursing homes 
because politicians, you know, made the decision to put put those people in there. I mean, think about that. That's that's about four times as many people died because of poor policy by by Democrat governors and mayors in New York alone than died on 9-11. And it's not just New York. There were multiple states um, that allowed this to happen. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of mixed results on whether the lockdown in certain states was actually worth it. You know, my state didn't lock down. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to say, you know, what was it, was it worth completely destroying your state's economy with a unknown number of people that you may or may not have saved their lives? You know, California and most of these Democrat states that have continued to remain locked down still have extremely high death count numbers. Yeah. And so, and you're not, usually those numbers, they're not taking into account how many people are dying from suicide and drugs because of these lockdowns. And, you know, a lot of the problem with remaining locked down is that it affects, um, you know, what, what's the term? Um, less skilled laborers more because people that have to work in retail, people that have to go do more physical blue collar work, those are the ones that are being shut down. You know, it's, it's, it's not people that are able to work at home on the yeah. computer. You know what I mean? It, it's it's the poorer communities that are being hit the most. I mean, you probably know Salinas. You know, you know, you got. It's more likely for for families to gather in homes because of the cost of living, um, which, which is much easier to transmit the disease because you're in close proximity, and that's what mostly happens. That you know? and uh, that and, and and I will say the other thing that I, that I will that I will. Um... I will say that um, that has 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 really pissed me off about um, this whole coronavirus thing in Monterey County, specifically in Salinas, and even more specifically uh, centered uh, in East Salinas. Um, right, has been that there's been a lot of like, oh, you know, it's 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 minorities, and and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of farm workers in in East Salinas and stuff like that. Um, yes, that's true. There, uh, there's, a, there's a large his, Hispanic community here in Salinas. Um, and yes, a lot of that Hispanic community or a good, a good portion of it is in East Salinas. And yes, a good portion of that in East Salinas is, is there's, it's farm workers a hundred percent. But in, uh, in the, my, my in-laws live all of like, it, it literally takes us, uh, by car, um, 20 seconds, 30 seconds to get there. They, they live a couple blocks away. Uh, yeah. and, and one day we were heading over there and, and, um, whether that's looked down upon or not, like they live literally, uh, from their house, I can see a tree in my backyard. That's how, that's how far it is. And, uh, for, for us to not go over there, even with all this going on, um, it, it's, it's nice to leave the house. Uh, it's nice to talk with other people that aren't in this house. Uh, right. it's nice for my, for my daughter to see her other, uh, her other grandparents, um, uh, and, and, and so on. Um, so, uh, 
I am one that heavily criticizes people going out and 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 uh, and you know like packing beaches and 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 uh, having these large gatherings. Uh, um, but to an extent, I have uh, there's a certain like gray area where I'm like, okay, this is this is probably not the best thing to do. But um, you know, it's kind of like so long as they're being uh, they're being as careful as they can be. Like you know, it's like we're we're gonna come over you know and and just kind of see how things go obviously if someone is sick over there we wouldn't go or if we're sick over here we wouldn't go uh but what i'm trying to get at though at the end of the day is that a lot of what they're saying about about monterey county a lot about they're saying about salinas and east salinas in, in particular is that because they're farm workers and what i was trying to say about that they live so far away and why that matters is we left and in those 20 seconds that it took from us to get from this house to theirs there was literally four house parties going on and not like house parties like it's just like music playing in the back and it's just that family there and a little barbecue they had up like white tents uh and they had a and and two there was like four houses, I think, uh, somewhere around there, but uh, two of which had um, a jump house thing for for like kids to go in there and jump and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Don't tell me that it's just it's just farm workers, man. Don't tell me that this is just uh, this is just like a, oh, because it's 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 Salinas or or farm town or minority or whatever it is. Um, and I'm not saying this about you. I'm just saying this in like the reports I've seen locally. Um, don't tell me that it's that it's just because they're farm workers or because we're minorities. There's a lot of people in these blocks right here that continue to have these really large gatherings. And that is extremely upsetting, man. My uh, my daughter turns one in a couple of weeks. I love nothing more than to throw the biggest party I can throw and invite everybody under the sun that I feel should be here. But I'm not. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. And in times like this, I feel like we're at war against this pandemic. And I tell my wife this all the time. We are soldiers. Soldier up. I want you in my foxhole. I need you to behave accordingly. And everyone around us should behave accordingly. Because if you don't, if you're putting my child in danger, if you're putting... um, my my elders and my family in danger. If you're putting uh, some of, some of the people that surround me in my community in danger, um, I, that I can't get down with. And 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 these large gatherings that happen around here that I've called out before on Facebook, it, it, it's extremely infuriating. That that goes against what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I'd like to do other stuff too. Unfortunately, I can't. It sucks. But guess what? I've done stuff around the house to kind of maintain myself, keep myself busy. I've improved myself in different ways. <laughs> Hell, I've bought a smoker and, 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 and I do nothing but post pictures of smoking meat all the time. Um, I want to, I, I, my father-in-law and myself built a smoker uh, 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 just for fun. Um, what do you call it? Uh, I'm thinking about getting into welding, um, you know, looking, looking at all these things. Um, uh, for me, it's just it's 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 extremely upsetting. For yes, one, it is minorities, it is a farm town, but two, I I, I see what's going on in my own neighborhoods, and that is upsetting. Yeah, I I think I think for us, you know, I I, I had originally when all this came out, you know, you know, I tried to pay as close attention as possible. I always watched the press briefings. You know, I tried to be constant on the news. Um, you know, scientific reports coming out on this. And, you know, I, I think over time, um, you know, I, I've actually, you know, shifted away from the idea that, um, you know, the, the, the way that we're going to get over this thing is to lock the population down. 
you know, I, uh, you know, my children are young, um, and, you know, we decided as a family that, especially for their mental health, um, getting out, and based on all the scientific research that I had seen come out, that we're going to put our kids in school. Why? Because uh, the, the the last thing I, I've uh, read was that your your child is about six times more likely to die of the flu than they are of COVID. In fact, there are multiple international studies which question whether th- that uh, children going back to school, um, you know, whether they're even actually transmitting COVID in any sort of um, decent percentage or at all to adults. And so I, I think the problem is that this has the, the deadliness of COVID and, and the, the things that we as citizens need, have to do as mandated by the government to fix it is exaggerated and purposefully meant to instill fear. You know, there's most of the scientific stuff that, that I've seen come out from, from, from you know, real medical studies is that, um, you know, you're not going to get, there's, there's almost zero chance of you getting COVID going to the beach. And yet we're, we're treating this as, as though an, an individual or families surrounded by, you know, dozens of feet are somehow going to spread COVID. Would you say that though, like as far as as far as going to the beach, I, I we took my daughter to to uh, to Monterey not too long ago uh, to her first exposure to the beach, and she, uh, um, I could tell what her thought process was. She had just not seen that much water in her in her entire life. I say entire life, but all of eleven yeah. months. But uh, she had a blast at the beach, but it was also uh, not packed. Uh, there was hardly anyone on the beach, um, but. Are you saying as far as like um, uh, you, you might not contact it at the beach if it's if it's packed versus if it's not? No, or? no, as in as in you're almost not even going to contact it just going out and about town. Mm. It, going to the store because it, it usually requires, um, you know, significant face to face interaction anywhere from five to ten minutes. Um you know, direct close contact um, to even get it, which is why, you know, even the whole mask mandate, you know, we've we've been told that, you know, well, first first we were told masks don't matter because uh, there were actually multiple scientific studies which which supported that masks don't actually do all that much, if anything at all, to prevent you from getting it. Mm. There's been other studies which have suggested that if you are sick, if you already have something, you can prevent, help prevent the spread of it to others. But, but that's not usually how it's presented in the media. The media is you need to wear a mask to protect yourself and protect others. You know, and if you if you kind of look at how it's been from the beginning, you know, from from the beginning they they've shut down uh, beaches, they sh- they've shut down churches. They've shut down um, sports. They've shut. They've shut down a huge variety of activities. Yet, of course, you can go to you know Walmart. You can go to the grocery store. You can go to all the quote essential places, right? Which which makes sense. But 
from the spreading the virus, there, there's there's almost no difference. You're you're you're. I mean, how is how how is going to the beach more dangerous than you going to Walmart? Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, you going shopping out with your family is not. And, um, you know, I I think this this fear that's kind of been you know, put upon our society. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think we can, we can trust the numbers that are coming out for the, for the total death count it, based off, you know, even things that, you know, Dr. Burks has said, mm-hmm. which that it, we, we could be anywhere from, you know, you, you have some scientists that say the numbers are exaggerated up to 25, at least 25%. For a number of reasons, including people dying, uh, not medical officials not distinguishing dying by COVID, which is the, the it actually caused the death versus with COVID, like you died of something else but you happen to have COVID, versus uh, you know antibody tests coming up positive um, for the disease even though you don't actually have it. So. Um, you know, because you, you have the, the other side, too, which is, you know, maybe the, the death count is higher because of whatever X, Y, Z. The point the point being is um, it, it's hard to confirm any of this. Mm-hmm. And it and even the problem with, you know, we talked about hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. You know, Trump had mentioned it as early as. April, I believe, maybe even March. And I've been hearing that it does work. Uh, there's a there's a, a former uh, UFC fighter, uh, now podcaster, stand up comedian, uh, Brendan Schaub, um, who um, who actually came in contact with COVID. Um, I think he did some shows in like Texas or something like that, and uh, they they allowed. Uh, uh, he allowed people to like to come up to him and shake his hand and, and take pictures. And there's a microphone right. and all this other stuff going on. And, and so when he came back to, to California, um, he went to a doctor and, and the doctor's like, uh, well, uh, you have it. Uh, but you know, it's like, you're showing just very low, like barely their symptoms. Brendan Shaw went on to say that he's had allergy attacks that have been, uh, worse than, than what he was feeling. And, uh, and uh, the, the doctor asked him, what is your political affiliation? And Brendan was like, why the hell does that matter? Uh, he Correct. was like, well, because I'd actually, you actually uh, are a good candidate for hydroxychloroquine. And he goes like, okay, so if I am and it'll help me, then give it to me. He goes like, well, I'm asking because I've, I've dealt with a lot of patients that um, – uh, do not support Trump. And if they don't support Trump, uh, they do not want to take this, uh, even though they probably should. And like right. m- my thing is like at the end of the day, I've told you and this will probably fall on death ears as far as like what I've been saying this entire time we've been on. I'm not I'm, I'm not political. Um, I am more of like, tell me I want the truth, like tell me the truth and or tell right. me or at least tell me your side and then I'll go and figure it out myself. Um uh- but yeah. so so anyways what i'm trying to say is 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 at the end of the day like if this works if hydroxychloroquine is a thing that works why the hell does it matter what your political affiliation is i want what works and what's going to keep me healthy and whatever that is i want to take it 
Well, and that that's another part of the huge problem in this country. You know, I don't think that hydrochloroquine has been suppressed because Trump said it or, or that I believe it works because Trump said it. I don't care what Trump says about medicine per se. He's not a medical doctor. Right. right? The, the, the problem is, is that you have actual scientific studies that have been suppressed and have been continually attacked in the mainstream media. Um, I believe largely for political purposes, um, partly because Trump supported it. But I, we're, we're, we're already at the point where, you know, I just read another article. You know, first of all, anybody can go look up uh, studies that are currently being worked on and have already have published material. You, you know, go to PubMed, go to MRXIV, go to uh, preprints.org. You know, you can just type in hydroxychloroquine and see the slew of studies that have been done across the world that have shown positive re results. The last the last major article I, I read on it was said so far, there's been 53 medical studies which have shown hydroxychloroquine to have significant effect if taken at the appropriate time, at the appropriate dosage to the appropriate patient. There, you know, and out of 53 positive studies so far, you know, there were there were ten that that showed eh, maybe, and and the ones that that were promoted largely in the media that hydroxychloroquine is dangerous, um, have essentially been thrown out. The the major one, which I think was the Lancet study, had received data from pharmaceutical companies as part of its testing method, which is of course a conflict of interest. And not only that, the other ones that were thrown out were the, the the issue was was that they were given hydroxychloroquine to patients that were already far in development, and what most of these studies have been showing, which is if a patient receives hydroxychloroquine with antibiotics and sometimes zinc, er, in the early stages of the uh, symptom, that it, it can have a, a tremendous effect in reducing people going to the hospital and preventing death essentially and you know it you know people criticize the uh the frontline doctors for coming out because because you had that kind of crazy african lady kind of come out and, and talk about it uh but the problem is you know you have the yale epididymologist uh, you know writing for newsweek saying that you know we could potentially save or have saved up to a hundred thousand lives if we had implemented this early my biggest thing, and I get, I get why Trump hasn't done it. I think he's done it for political purposes, uh, because he's constantly attacked, and because Fauci himself Today's doesn't support it. Um, the, my biggest criticism of that has him not been pushing more hydroxychloroquine, because because we're, we've been at the point where you have a generic, extremely cheap to produce drug, which is extremely safe has been used for 60 to 70 years for people with malaria and lupus, um, has almost no side effects, and we're not giving it in mass. And, and, and that's the thing too, you know, I'm sure there's some Republican governors that have done some crappy things. Um, but as far as I know, most of the states that have tried to ban patients using hydroxychloroquine, I've been Democrat states. 
Why? Because the media has consistently been saying it's dangerous. And, you know, I, I, the, the Yale epidemiologist that, that wrote for Newsweek, I looked up his, his full, like, 40-page paper that he did on, I think you can find it on PubMed. I read through that whole damn thing. And, and a, a, good, a good example of what the media will try to do um, is they'll tell you a fact, uh, but not a truth in the sense of, or they'll tell you a fact, but it's actually a lie in the greater scheme of things. Because, mm. you know, one of the issues with hydroxychloroquine was that there was one study which showed um, an increase in heart problems uh, when taking the medication. So that's partly what was uh, run in the news. That's dangerous, right? The, the problem was, and where the lie comes in, is that, yeah, it showed a less than 1% increase in heart problems when people take it for six years straight so who's going to take hydroxychloroquine for six years straight yeah nobody you take it for about two weeks and you're good to go so you know i i that that's probably a uh, one of the major failures that i would say trump hasn't pushed more on but you know i i i get it from one sense that his main advisor, Dr. Fauci, uh, doesn't want to support it. Despite the evidence of multiple countries and, you know, well over, you know, there's probably more than 53 studies at this point. Um, And so, um, and, you know, that's one of the things uh, I'm conspiratorial about as well, in the sense that you know, every major country is pushing for a vaccine, which I get needs to happen at some point. But the suppression of a of a generic drug, which costs, you know, anywhere from two to 10 cents to make, that shows significant improvement, which has at this point could have saved thousands of lives is being suppressed for in, in hopes of a vaccine, which will have been essentially untested long term will have no idea of the side effects. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, mm. but the fact is you have a new medication that will have not been studied in the long term versus a medication that's been, I mean, it's it's <laughs> over the counter in most countries and has been around for 60 years. And you have something that costs two cents to 10 cents to make that any medical company can make it because the, the patent has expired versus a vaccine, which will have been untested and will cost the government who knows? I, I, the last one I, I saw said it, it could cost, you know, a thousand dollars to buy for the government, right? You're not going to pay for it, but somebody's going to be getting billions of trillions of dollars. So, you know, th- there's people that have claimed, you know, Fauci has connections with pharmaceutical companies. Uh, I don't know the validity of that, um, but I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that that certain people uh, within the medical community, and not it's not just here, it's, I mean, it's other uh, countries as well, like England, and, um, you know, certain people there, and especially the media, um, you know, they, I, I think they, they, they want this chaos to go on as long as possible. You know, if, if this had been nipped in the bud relatively early, with you know mass use of hydroxychloroquine 
you know, I think we'd be looking at a completely different scenario. Mm. What, what's interesting too, is, you know, Sweden, Sweden was one of those countries that didn't do the lockdown that initially had a high infection and, and death count. And, you know, they're down to, um, you know, a handful or less deaths a day. And what, what was really interesting about one of the studies that came out was, was it was actually, you know, they tried to use the, uh, the herd immunity approach, right? You know, so many people get affected and at a certain point will develop resistance to it. Well, certain news organizations used the fact that only 15% of the population uh, estimated got the disease as a failure for herd immunity. But if you, you know, if you read between the lines, you say, well, a country that wasn't locked down, that didn't mandate masks, and that left most institutions open, only 15% of the population even caught COVID. And out of that 15%, you know, you're looking at a death rate of like, you know, half a percent. So, you know, we, we, we've basically completely destroyed our economy. God knows the, 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 the deaths and damage that will result from that over something that, yes, is deadlier than the flu, but, you know, it is you're unlikely to catch it. And if you do catch it, you have a 99.5% chance of living. And, 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 and the, the ones that were most vulnerable, you had governors, you know, the, the, the elderly, you had governors putting sick patients in there with them. I mean, it's, to me, it's practically, you know, murder at that point, because because we've already because we've known almost since the beginning that that this disease has primarily affected the elderly. And in fact, anybody can go and look, go look up the numbers for your area, go on the John uh, Hopkins. Uh, they, they have a, a map you can use John Hopkins dashboard, you can you can pull up the, the number of uh, you know, number of cases in your area, the number of deaths uh, by count, you know, usually by county. I mean, you can go look all that up. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what the numbers for Monterey County are, but I bet you'd probably be, be surprised by them. Let's see. Uh, so John, you said John Hopkins? Yeah, John, John Hopkins uh, COVID dashboard. Yep, here we go. Uh, all righty. So here we have a global map. Let's switch to a U.S. map. Um, and as you can just zoom into the county level, well, you'll be able to pull it up. Let's see. Here we go. Zeroing in on Salinas, Monterey, California. Um, 1,697 de- uh, confirmed um, cases, or uh, sorry, uh, confirmed by 100,000 is 1,600, and then confirmed cases, 7,000, uh, 53 deaths. 53 deaths in Monterey County? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you can get a rough idea, you know, figure out the percentage of confirmed cases by the number of people died. You, you can you can generalize the death rate. Of course, I think there's usually there's far more people that 
uh, are not necessarily counted as having had COVID, depending depending on uh, you know when they contracted it, mm-hmm. because it's because it's likely that that COVID was already spreading um, in the United States as as early as January. And, you know, we didn't have mass testing for for a while, right? So, you know, there's likely that because that's the thing. You know, if somebody dies, that that's a hard yes. You can pretty easily, you know, find that because there's mm-hmm. medical records, but but you know, there, there could be a huge discrepancy in the amount of people that are confirmed to have it versus that actually had it and that never got tested. You know, it, it's almost certainly going to skew that way. Yeah. So, so you know, I I do understand, like, your concern with house parties. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, that that's really predicate on the people that go there you know, I, I think they should have a right to make that decision because really at the end of the day, if you're if you're under 40, under 50 for the most part, and you're going to be around other people that are under 50, it's probably a net benefit to increase herd immunity in the long run. Right. So if you're not going to put elderly at risk because you're not going to be around them, then, you know, I personally don't see a huge problem in it, you know, ba- based off the results of, of how other countries have already been doing it. You know, our, like I said, my state is already open and, you know, we're not seeing huge numbers of increase. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of negative side effects to keeping people locked down for long periods of time based off what's probably some form of misinformation you know same with the schools you know that they've been promoting shutting down or keeping schools shut down when you know like i said your your child's far more likely to die of the flu than they are of covid i mean think about that Mm -hmm. We, we, we don't we don't shut down for the flu you know children are the least susceptible to having serious complications, healthy children, right? You know, children without other comorbidities. Yeah. So, you know, at at the end of the day, what I, I, you know, that'd be a question for you is what would the Democrats or a Hillary Clinton, what would they have done, which uh, would have been better? Because I don't think there's any evidence that locking down the entire country would have done that nor any evidence that forcing literally every person to have a mask would have either do you think they would have probably locked down the uh, the, the the country sooner uh, maybe take Absolutely. no i mean every every democrat politician uh, attacked trump for doing that i think they would have stalled even longer and they certainly wouldn't have been as provocative against China or the WHO, which is a whole nother problem, right? You know, Trump yeah. was constantly called racist for calling it the, you know, the Kung flu or the China flu, you know, you know, I like uh, CCP flu, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that 
the Chinese government withheld information from the world as early as probably November. And, you know, could have prevented uh, a significant amount of its spread had, had they not lied to the world. You know, China's been doing all kinds of shady things. Yeah, that's, just, a, that's the other thing, too, is um, is is the one thing I will not do is take China uh, at their word. I, I, I just can't do that. Right. Well, I, and, and, and honestly, that's that's another reason why I'll support Trump, because I don't think uh, an establishment Republican and especially any Democrat is going to criticize China as much as he has. I mean, the 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 authoritarian nature of the Chinese regime is easily on par to the Nazis. Like if you just look up what they've been doing to the to the Uyghur Muslims in particular, but they also do it to to other ethnic minorities and religious minorities, you know, you know, especially Christians as well, not quite to the same degree. But um, could you, you know, say that again? What was similar to to the Nazis? The the way China treats its religious and ethnic minorities. Okay, okay. P- particularly the Uyghurs, which don't ask me how to spell it, but I think it starts with a U. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's other, they also do it to others, like uh, d- various Christian groups as well. But the Uyghurs in particular, um, it's, it's, it's ethnic genocide is mm-hmm. what it is. That China as a, as a communist totalitarian regime which utterly suppresses its people, has has no freedom of of speech, or freedom of association. What they do to the Uyghurs is essentially put them in concentration camps, which they they, they do as re-education camps, um, which um, often leads to um, death. And uh, a lot of, um, I don't know if it's been proven exactly, but uh, a lot of speculation is that they, they use Uyghurs and Christians and, and other ethnic minorities to harvest organs to, uh, to sell to regular Han Chinese. Um, you know, spe- specifically, the Uyghurs, uh, they've gone through extreme campaigns of destroying cultural and ethnic sites, such as graveyards and, and, and other stuff. And... Um, among their women, uh, the, the, a lot of times they, they send men to the, the re-education camps and they put Han Chinese men to stay with and quote-unquote protect the Uyghur women, which of course, you know, is, uh, you know, leads to, to rape and kind of an attempt to breed out the Uyghurs. So, um, and that's just the Uyghurs. I mean, that's not including, you know, their totalitarian push to take over Hong Kong, the way they just organize their society in general. Um, the, the, the lies that, that they, you know, instituted, which led to COVID being spread all over the world as easily as it did. China is, is horrible. And, you know, Trump could do more and should, but he's been the only one with the balls enough to 
call them out for for a lot of the things that they've done. And uh, I, th I think a lot of strategic analysts, military analysts, defense analysts generally consider China to be really the the major super or superpower or potential superpower that's a threat to the United States. So, um, and, and you know, you probably know with sports, but you know, there's a lot of American companies too that have just they're willing to sell their souls to make a profit in China. Oh yeah. And, 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 uh, I, I will go that I will go as far to say that, um, uh, if there's one thing that I do, um, um, on social media and Facebook where it could be considered trolling, it is when I say, uh, that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. I wholeheartedly feel that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's two things. I really mean it, but I also really mean to troll when I do it. Uh, because I could post anything else, man. I could post anything else on Facebook. But the second I post, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. LeBron James opened the school. LeBron James is doing this. LeBron James is standing up for social issues. LeBron below whatever it may be, right? Um, yeah. I will get uh, the the largest uh, responses are that, are, 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 will, will be that, right? And... Um, one of the things was that at times I have criticized LeBron James and people don't see that. They, 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 they refuse to see that. Um, uh, just like, I feel like when I post this podcast, people are going to be like, Oh, you're a Trump supporter for having a Trump supporter on when I've said multiple times while we've been talking, I don't support him. Um, but one of the things that, that I, that I say about, um, that I say about LeBron was actually his issue with China, um, or his, his the, the whole thing with China, um, someone, I forget who it was from the Houston Rockets or I forget from where they were criticizing China for something. And well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the ironic part is that, you know, he, he wants to talk a lot of social issues here, you know, you know, with black people. And yet he, he's super pro China, which treats black people horribly. They're literally bland banning black people from going into stores and that's probably just the least of it wow you know oh you know i mean j think of practically jim jim crow south kind of levels of what china does and yet hey he, you know he wants to talk all kinds of social justice here yet yet he wants to take those sweet chinese bucks of you know a communist regime which suppresses its people hates black you know discriminates against blacks and puts people in concentration camps it's like, I mean, all these sports people doing that, you know, try, trying to think they're morally virtuous by, uh, you know, not uh, playing a game for, uh, you know, the guy that was shot in Wisconsin. You know, it's kind of a bad look when you're doing that for a potential rapist. Yeah. And, 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 you're, and you're taking money from China. You, know, you, don't, you don't give a crap what China does to anybody. They can put as many people in concentration camps, like real concentration camps, not the kind of, you know, crap that they that they say, you know, we do here. But it's not a concentration camp, you know, like immigration detention centers. Like you got a good chance of dying. Like they're going to take your property. They're going to rape your wife. Kind of concentration camps. So, you know. It, to me, it's 
and you would know a lot more about that, but from everything I've seen, there's there's not a whole, you know, a lot of sports players or sports, uh, you know, watchers, you know, people really into sports. Yeah. That that want to see that crap. You know, they they want to see. No, nobody wants to listen to LeBron's about you know his understanding of political and cultural and social situations. He's there to play basketball. You know, if you if you want if he wants to do stuff off the court, fine. But you know, it's it's a pretty bad take when, when you know you're willing to support an authoritarian communist regime. So is what you're saying, uh, just just so that it's taken taken uh, in better context, uh, you're not saying um, what what others have said about him in terms of like shut up and dribble. Uh, you're, are you saying more along the lines of like he's focusing on issues, but when it comes to China and and his business ventures, he's kind of hands off. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing, you know, every normal day citizens, when you go to work, nobody wants to hear or your boss doesn't give a damn about your political beliefs 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. You're there to you're there to perform a task. Mm-hmm. What you do outside of work for the most part should be nobody's business, right? You you want to go on on social media if you want to throw press conferences if you want to support something in general, you know that's outside of work and that's what it should be. But but that's not really what they're doing. You know they're doing it at work. Their work their job is to go on the court and play basketball. And when you're doing that, and and in my opinion you have some really horrible takes and essentially supporting authoritarian regimes it just makes it that much worse you know like it, i don't i don't know that he doesn't but you know if lebron was co- so concerned about you know the the racial issues going on then you know how much stuff is he doing how much time is he taking out of his day outside of his games on his own free time to go into these neighborhoods and you know do whatever programs that he thinks will help the community. You know, it's easy to say stuff at a press conference or yeah, not do your job by walking off the court. But I mean, he has done quite a bit as far as um, off the court funding the school. And um, I think recently he's done, he's done a lot of um, he's joining with a group of players to, um, to hire like uh, people for the election as far as like for uh, uh, um, to help with like the, the, the voting polling places and stuff like that. Um, he, he has done quite a bit. Um, I, I feel like what you're saying is more along the lines of like, uh, you know, leaving politics out of sports is, is, is kind of, is kind of what I feel like you might be saying. Uh, I, I think the vast majority of Americans uh, would appreciate that. And I'm, what I mean by appreciate is is they don't care what what LeBron or anybody else has has to think. And quite frankly, I think it's a super poor business decision to you know by by the you know 
sports owners and leagues to essentially take a side, which, you know, most of them are super pro BLM and the, you know, the actual organization and the actual uh, break off affiliates of that organization. You know, it, it's pretty bad to be assigning with, you know, with, I mean, you could easily make a case to call it a, a domestic terrorist group in the way that it purposefully uses violence and intimidation and destruction of physical property to ch- achieve a political goal. Mm. So, you know, it, terrible business decision to take a side on something like that. And of course, they don't think of it like that. They think of, well, it's just racial justice. Who, you know, who's going to be against that? Except that, you know, that's not what it's about. Yeah. If you're paying attention, it's obviously not about that. So, you know, you know, I, I think, you know, in general terms, you know, obviously if you're a sports player, you have every right as a free American citizen to, you know, be politically active and say, say the things that you want to say on your own time. Uh, you know, but people don't want to see that when they're watching a basketball game. And I mean, if you think of it just from general terms, I mean, the basic premise is that, hey, all, uh, you know, half of my my audience, you're all a bunch of you know racist. Let let me as this super rich, privileged basketball player, uh, who you know has millions and millions of dollars, lecture you while I take you know, money from Chinese dictators that, that, you know, kill, I mean, the Chinese, you know, under Mao, I mean, millions of people have died under the CCP. Mm. So, so that, 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 that's kind of what I'm saying is, you know, I'd have a lot more respect if, if they didn't inject that. I personally don't care. I'm not a sports guy. Right. Mm. But I know, I know a lot of people that, you know, they love watching sports and, you know, they're just not going to continue to watch and, su- and support organizations that, that support groups with Marxist ties and, you know, take money from China and that tell you you're racist. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and you, like I said, I mean, uh, from what from what I've seen, you know that that's going on in all kinds of different sports. I mean, I think I saw something in the hockey point doing that as well. Yeah, I know everyone's everyone's kind of uh, doing some some form of of, of support of, of of Black Lives Matter. Uh, NASCAR is really taking to it. Um, they they um they've had Black Lives Matter stuff at, at their at their races and uh, yeah. Uh, they've even gone as far as to remove the uh, the Confederate flag, which I thought they were probably the first, if we if we could consider them a sport. Uh, I was actually surprised that they were the first to go that far, um, that quickly. Um, uh, right. con- considering that a lot of their fan base is 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 in in states that um, uh, you know that that have confederate flags uh some some uh, was there even a, a state that had that as part of their uh state flag was that is that a thing or no um yeah uh 
I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to say South Carolina. The, 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 it's, there, there's different Confederate flags. Yeah. Like um, the Confederate flag, and then there's the battle flag that I, I think that's usually what's represented. So. Um, but yeah, I was pretty shocked by by that. Um, I I actually applauded them for that. Um, I I while I have been one that that has been like, um, you know, the Confederate flag was, um, in in my opinion, you know, it it, it was it was anti-American. Uh, right. It it the creator of the flag. Uh, I believe someone had told me the creator of the flag. Um, I don't know. If this is one hundred percent correct. Uh, you can correct me if 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 I'm wrong. Um. But it said that this was intended for to promote racism, um, and um, I'm, I'm for the removal of stuff like this. Um, the entire removal, wiping it out of our of our history, uh, no. Uh, like I think you had mentioned earlier um, uh, in the podcast that uh, you know put it in museums and stuff like that. I'm 100 percent behind that. Uh, I think that at the end of the day that. Uh, with all of this country's imperfections and 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 its continued flaws, it 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 is a country nonetheless, and it's still um, uh, a a country that I love being a part of, uh, a country that's that's uh, that's um, uh, allowed me to 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 live the life that that that, that I live and 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 uh, um, for um, how much at odds it's put maybe. Uh, my family and their upcomings uh, in this country. Um, it's still the country we live in and it's still the country we love. Um, and, um, yeah, um, for me, yeah, I still, I still think that this, this still belongs in our history in terms of being aware of what went on. How did we get to, uh, August 27, 2020? Well, Let's go ahead and open up the history books or let's go ahead and go to a museum or let's go ahead and go to a website and take a look at these things. Um, I don't think by having these things in a in a museum um, uh, is, is is a bad thing. I, I, I don't I don't feel like completely removing them is 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 is, is a thing that we need to do. Um, I um, as, as a Mexican, I look at our, our, our own struggles in this country and stuff that that we were put against and and i i still want to be reminded of that i don't want to forget that um and uh and to remove all these things um just flat out remove them where do we stop you know like where how far do we go uh i don't well, know i mean you... the, the the goal the goal is to is com- completely <laughs> co- completely alter the the actual historical idea of, of what America is. I mean, I, the end goal is to destroy the constitution. Cause I mean, you, you can't ultimately use the, the same logic that, well, you know, American founders were slave owners unless they were all racist and all bad and all evil. Yet we're going to follow this document that was made by slave owners. Um, I don't know if you've if you've heard of a a guy. Uh, uh, he's been on the Rogan podcast before, Andrew Schultz. Uh, he has. Um, I, I think he's definitely hit a hit a, a good stride during this pandemic. I think he he has this uh, like uh, I don't know if it's like a YouTube show or something like that. But anyways, uh, he'll kind of give you about a ten minute take on 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 the world as it currently is. And uh, one of the things he he talked about was the the taking down of Confederate statues, Confederate flags. And he talked about 
how how uh, no matter how far in history we get, uh, uh, time will make bigots of us all. And and absolutely, it, it will be like you know, ten fifteen generations from now, we'll look of my family will look back at me and go like, man, did that dude really support that? Like you know, it's like uh, like I'm a huge UFC fan. Uh, the UFC's uh, president, um, part owner Dana White, uh, is a Trump supporter. Now, if you would, would yeah. f- find out why he's a Trump supporter, uh, at, at a time where the UFC was having a hard time uh, uh, being backed by anyone, finding venues to have their fights, uh, be, finding ways to get on TV, uh, Donald Trump at the time actually uh, uh, provided them a venue for them to fight at, and uh, multiple times as well. Uh, so Dana White, in a sense, is loyal to whoever is loyal to him. Like if you're if you're loyal to Dana White, you are in good standing with him. Uh, same thing with uh, I'm a pro wrestling fan. Uh, WWE uh, at the time uh, they uh, when they were just a young, very young company trying to figure things out uh, the McMahons did not know whether or not they'd be around the year the next year the year after that and they needed a place to hold, host WrestleMania well uh, Donald Trump provided one of his venues to hold WrestleMania and he actually hold, hosted it back to back which hasn't happened since uh, so they are also loyal to Donald Trump in a time where no one else would support them so I, what I'm trying to say is, like, uh, down the line, they're going to look back at me and be like, dude, did that guy really support the UFC? I, I still support the UFC. I still support WWE. I can distinguish the, the difference between who runs it and who they support and and what it is I like as entertainment. Um, that, that's kind of another thing I think we talked about last time was, like, the the boycotting of, 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 of certain brands or whatever it is because of who they support. If we did that, I, I've always said if we did that, we'd end up naked in the woods, man. We wouldn't we wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't wear anything. Uh, people yeah. would be surprised how some companies will probably even uh, will will sneak money towards a certain candidate or will do certain things. So it's not as public. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's just like, here you go, Trump. Here is a check. Um, I, I, I think that some companies can get smart about what they do and maybe maybe not the company, but maybe some of their execs do so. Like uh, that um, kind of went on a little rant there, but it's like uh, basically back to, you know, history will make bigots of us all. It's basically is basically what Andrew Schultz message was. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's not, it's not even about that when you're literally tearing down and destroying statues of abolitionists, people that risked and literally gave their lives to free slaves. And, you know, I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that at a certain point in history, you know, we're, we're going to look back the same way uh, at abortion that we do at slavery. You, you know, you, you want to use slavery as, as the worst of all evil and that, you know, at a certain point, slaves were not considered fully human. And yet we do the same thing with babies. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people aren't going to like that, mm-hmm. you know. They're just not, you know, and, you know, it's, I, I think that's probably what the, the biggest issue of our time is just, you know, mass abortion, uh, the, the treating of human babies as subhuman, not human, the ability of people to cut off limbs, break spines, dismember other human beings uh, because they had unprotected sex and don't want it, you know. Uh, you know, so 
yeah, I'm, I, I have no doubt that, you know, when people, and I, take, take, take the looting and the writing. I mean, how, how are you helping anybody? By, you're just, you're just destroying other people's stuff, destroying other people's lives, getting other people killed for what? Propaganda based off a lie, ignoring the actual, you know, crime waves that are going on in other neighborhoods, um, which result in the vast majorities of deaths of certain communities. But hey, it wasn't a white person that does it, so I don't care, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think history is not gonna not gonna treat um, what's currently going on very well in this country um, and not for the reasons that, 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 you know, most liberals and leftists think it will, you know, and, and that's the other thing too, you know, socialist policies, you know, sorry, that's nothing new. That's nothing progressive. Your European countries have been trying that at, at, at least a hundred years. Mm. And, you know, most, most of it eventually led to uh, authoritarian statism, you know, socialism or communist countries. And, you know, the Nazis were socialists, you know, people aren't really taught that they're national socialists, you know, they're, they still believe in the state takeover of, of industry, heavy regulation. Um, They just had a slightly different, uh, you know, form of it, you know, it it was a a racist form of socialism instead of a, a a class-based form that, that communism is. And, you know, the 20th century led to the, the probably the, the worst, the, the highest amount of deaths on this planet ever for humanity, um, just in pure, pure body count. You know, it probably is probably somewhere, probably more than the amount of people that died in the in the Mongol invasions, which you know, some historians think wiped out, you know. In terms of the raw numbers, you know, wiped out a third of the world, which was probably still less people than have been killed in the 20th century. So, you know, there's nothing new with what's being promoted. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't think he's going to look, I don't think people 100 years from now are, are going to look super positively on what's going on currently in this country. Uh, want to say thank you. Uh, I'm sorry too, as well for for keeping you this long. Um, I know it's uh, uh, nearing midnight over there. So um, uh, the the other thing, um, the thing I want to close with is um, is immigration under Trump, and uh, maybe even more specifically DACA. Um, uh, how has he handled? I guess we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll go right to what I want to ask. Is what I want to get to is how is he handling DACA? And um, one of the things that I want to talk to you about specifically is uh, he had one uh, not too long ago. He had um, a statement where he said he wanted to find a path to citizenship for them. And uh, he said it would come out real soon. And then about a week later, he goes back and says, you know what? It's going from two to, to one year. And also they won't get any notice as when to they need when they need to renew. Um, uh, because I have a. a Friends, fam, family, and 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 coworkers that, that depend on this, um, uh, this DACA to to be here. Um, I'm kind of interested as to what what your thoughts are on how he handles DACA and how he's been handling immigration. Uh, I mean, I, I think the biggest issue of why he's he's not 
going to immediately sign on to, you know, supporting DACA, mm-hmm. uh, that the border needs to be secured first. You know, um, that's the biggest issue. Uh, one of the biggest issues that um, that especially his base cares for mm-hmm. is making sure immigration is primary is, is almost all legal. And, um, you know, there, there are definitely, I've definitely been around people that are very hostile to just any illegal period, you know, Hey, your parents broke the law. That's too bad. But, you know, Trump's made multiple, uh, speeches where, you know, he's very sympathetic to children being brought over, you know, as illegals. Cause I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not really their fault. So, so I, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that needs to happen is um, the, the wall needs to be completed as fast as possible um, be, before you see any real immigration reform. Without a secure border, you're not, you're not going to get support for DACA. You're not going to get support for, um, you know, real immigration reform. Now, I don't know if you might know this or not, but why did he go from two to two years to one? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. To be honest. Um, who knows? I don't know. He may have a good reason. He may not. Yeah. That, that's you know, DACA is not something I, I follow super closely. Mm. I mean, even the wall, you know, that was in the news for a while and then that kind of disappeared. And then I know, I know some of it has been made, but you know, um, you know, there, there's still, you know, you know, a large amount of illegals crossing the border from South America. So, you know, I, th- I think there's other things that probably needs to get done first, you know? Um, but um, I, I, th- I think that's another kind of example of where Trump has kind of made very open overtures that he actually does want to, to work to make people legal here in this country. But that's the thing. He wants to do it through legal means. And he's sympathetic towards those people. You know, sorry, but racists aren't sympathetic to any illegals that, you know, that aren't white, I guess. Right. So, you know, but but it's, you know, it's important for American citizens of all ethnicities that um, from a financial standpoint, from from a, a job standpoint, um, that even as the national security standpoint, um, that that the border is secure, because quite frankly, Mexico is a, is is a failed state that is kind of de facto run by terrorist drug cartels, and, and it's not in the best interest of Mexico in the long run, or or the American people to, you know, allow it to continue. Essentially, you know, allow America just to be a, a pressure valve for, for people fleeing a failed state and yeah. multiple states in South America, you know. So do you feel that immigration uh, is in need of a, of a huge overhaul? Um, I had a I would invite you to listen to yesterday's podcast that I just posted today um episode number 17 immigration um and um 
Oh, I actually got to say, uh, congrats on being, um, they're numbered a little differently, um, but uh, over, you're going to be, you are overall episode number 30 of my podcast. So uh, thank you for being a part of that. Uh, hopefully this doesn't mean I'm, I'm done and I get canceled somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're, you're definitely going to be canceled. Sorry. <laughs> he supports Trump. And in the podcast, I've said it like a bunch of times, ah, not my guy, but, um, uh, uh, well, if, if this is how, if this is how it ends with episode 30, uh, then, then, Hey, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a lot more episodes than I thought I'd ever do. Um, uh, but, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, I would invite you to listen to that episode uh, yesterday's. Uh, I recorded that yesterday, posted it today, and um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, yeah, um, I we talked a lot about immigration, and uh, one of the things that that we really kind of focused on was was it's it's extremely difficult to 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 do. What I kind of took from that was like it's almost extremely difficult to 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 come into this country the right way. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, is uh, there's there's a lot of loopholes. There's 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 for some it's 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 a it's a wait that that lasts uh, almost a lifetime just to get here. Um, do you think that there there needs to be a a uh, a different way um, of, of of handling immigration? One of the things you and I talked about too was. Um, me being a fan of sports, um, my sports teams, I want to have the, the best players on my team. And since America's where I live and that's my team, I want the best players here. Right. So I feel like there, there's a lot of people that I know that are in the, in the DACA program. There's a, there's a lot of them that are college graduates that, that do hold full-time jobs that aren't out there being criminals. And, um, I want those guys on my team. Um, regardless of where they were born and, 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 and all that other good stuff, I feel like if they have something to add, um, I want them here. Um, yeah. you, go, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think DACA is kind of, you know, that's a, that's an easy one for me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think it is for, for Trump as well. So I, I think the issue, I think he, I believe it's part of his agenda as well is, is, I mean, what you're talking about, you know, having the best of the best is, is a merit based based system, um, which, you know, I, I agree with and generally in principle that of course you want people, you want the best of the best, but that means you, they have to be judged as they come in. Right. It's, it's not just based off family ties and connections. Right, it's based off education, it's based off job experience. It's you know, there's multiple factors that go into that. But of course, when you're doing that, um, you're also going to significantly restrict immigration, which um, in general I'm a support of. But you know, the, an issue that that's that's been brought up in general, which is that if the United States or any country allows, you know say the best of the best to come in right the doctors and the lawyers and the the well-educated um people people with tons of work experience in certain fields um that's great for us but it it doesn't help the countries that they're leaving yeah you know and the biggest the biggest the biggest issue is that you know i i don't think we would have a huge immigration problem let's just take mexico excluding all the south american countries Mm -hmm. 
I mean, what's the biggest reason why so many Mexicans want to come here and are willing to do it illegally? It's it's because they have no opportunity. They have almost no opportunities in Mexico. Yeah, they're surrounded by drug cartels and violence and death, and it's far more preferable to 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 risk your life to cross the border to come here where where you can work your butt off and and still have a decent life. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't have this immigration problem if Mexico wasn't a failed state. I mean, you you don't see huge swaths of Canadians trying to overrun the northern border, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's probably largely outside the realm of any United States president. But, you know, you re- the, the biggest thing with immigration is Mexico needs to become a successful first world state. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to stem the flow from, you know, from Mexico. You know, it's quite most South American countries were the same way that they had strong economies, strong, um, you know, it's mostly economy, but, you know, just uh, countries with strong civil rights, you know, stability, strong economies. People aren't going to flee that. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> strong order, you know. You know, we, you know, the United States have a lot of problems now, but you know, we don't have drug cartels, you know, run the country that are constantly, you know, murdering people and hanging them off bridges. You know, I, I think at one point there were there's more people being m- murdered in Mexico by drug cartels than were was being killed in Iraq by terrorists. I mean, just think about that. So, so I, I think what I would really like to see, and I, like I said, I don't think uh, America is really going to be able to do much about it outside of a, a military invasion. Um, you know, I, I want to see Mexico become a thriving first world country. Yeah, absolutely. But the drug cartels are completely eliminated. They don't have a weak socialist president in there that wants to give terrorist hugs instead of doing what you should do with terrorists, which is you hunt them and you kill them. So, um, I don't, I don't think immigration in this country will ever be solved long-term until that happens. So, you know, the, the, the wall is meant to deter and to make it easier to prevent illegal immigration. It's never going to fully stop it. That's never a point of any wall, right? It's, it's to, it's to, to limit access not to fully prevent it right so. yeah because even as these walls go up i i, I always I, i've either posted it or said it or just in my mind I've, I've been like yeah good luck keeping all of us out um uh it it, it won't but it will limit uh in, in a sense it, it it will deter some and it will limit some from crossing as well but yeah uh, yeah it, it'll absolutely limit the flow i mean it's it's far harder to, to go over and under a wall that, you know, that you can much more easily with technology now, you know, pick up vibrations, pick, you know, they got cameras, infrared sensors. It's much easier to patrol it. You know, the wall is there to, to make it much easier to stop people. Right. So, I've even heard in some areas where uh, they can't patrol as well. They have drones and all this other stuff going on. Um, uh, pretty crazy. Um uh, listen, Wes, um, I uh, feel like we could go on forever. 
Um, I want to thank you for making yourself open, um, for, um, coming on and, um, um, in a, in a lot of ways, uh, my only thing with this today was, um, my question was why, um, um, why, uh, why did you vote for him? Um, I think you've successfully told me why, um, I have a better understanding of, um, of, uh, of why, uh, he's in office. Uh, I have a better understanding as to why some would vote for him. Um, and, um, I really hope that, um, as much as, uh, people that will listen to this will, will, will hate it because, um, um, uh, you you came on and, and talked about Trump. Um, I hope that if if one thing can be taken from this is that um, you know, and I, I've told you, and I've I've been honest with you. Um, I don't support the guy. Um, I I don't plan on voting for him. But but uh, if if people can take one thing from today, it's that um, conversations are okay, and and we can we can definitely have conversations and have conversations with people who see things a little bit differently. And I hope that we've achieved that in some sense. Um, I hope that um, people were able to see this and, and um, um, yeah, I, I hope that they, <laughs> that's what they take away from this. Um, but I definitely want to thank you. Um, I definitely want to thank your family as well. And me taking you away for uh, what is essentially almost four hours because we, st we were talking for about 20, 30 minutes before we even got started. Uh, so um, I know it's uh, nearing midnight on, on, on your end over there. So um, I want to get you back a couple minutes here <laughs> before you have to call it a night. Um, but um I want to thank you for uh, for this, um, and I I hope that this isn't the last time that um, uh, if we just in general catch up on the phone um, or uh, you come back on on the podcast. Uh, um, uh, I hope this isn't the last time. Um, I think there's a lot there's a lot to learn there. There's a lot more that we can talk about. Um, I know you're huge into history. Um, we, we could always, uh, come back and, and talk a lot, of, a little bit of history as well. Sure. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, uh, just being open to conversation. You know, the, it, it's, it's really sad that our country's just gotten so polarized where we're just at the point of hating each other and obviously committing violence against each other. And, um, I think just being able to, to speak about things without fully demonizing the other side, because I, I think the vast majority of Americans, um, you know, the, you know, they're, they're moderate, you know, they, they, they don't want to uh, hurt their fellow citizens, you know, and we have, there's definitely extremes on both sides. Absolutely. Um, so. That's definitely well said, uh, well said there. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys enjoyed this as well. Um, that is it for to for us for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, like and subscribe. Give me sports. Give me tacos. Give me the world. The Jimmy Podcast World.
Special thanks to Adam Levine.